Welcome back to 1010's Podcast. My name is Michael with Adam and Robbie, and we're going to jump into it immediately because we have Brock Yates Jr. on the phone with us today. How are you, Brock? I'm good, thank you. Uh, Brock is joining us uh, via Skype. Um, we're going to, so Brock, you don't know this, but we've, we've moved into a new YouTube format for our show. Um, it's still available basically anywhere that you can get podcasts, but we'll be using the same YouTube format, um, this week and Robbie will kind of be pulling some things up as we talk about it. Obviously we've got the one lap of America side up at the moment, which is something we want to talk about pretty extensively because you carry the torch for one lap of America, um, each and every year now. Well, when I, when my father started to be getting sick, I, I had to take it over because I couldn't imagine not doing one lap. I mean, I've been doing it for 35 years, and uh, all these people are friends, and everybody, it's kind of like a reunion every year. And, every, and it's a reunion that allows new people to come, which is kind of fun. So we have a lot of fun, a lot of good friends, a lot of fast cars, and uh, it's a good week. So your dad, Brock Yates, obviously, he started one lap in 1984, 85, somewhere in that time frame, 84. And that was a response to basically Cannonball and that era coming to a close, correct? It was. Uh, the, the Cannonballs were starting to get out of hand. Uh, he figured he was going to actually, you know, he was worried about killing somebody. And insurance was getting harder to get. And he, he decided to have a, a, a little family-friendly event. Of course, the first one turned out to be a four-stage cannonball, but we all had to. <laughs> so what did the first one look like compared to what it looks like today? Well, the first one, we left Darien, Connecticut in a, uh, on, a, on a giant platform surrounded by thousands of people and jello wrestling and DJs and all kinds <laughs> of weirdness. And we were, we were handed a, a series of instructions. Um, the The... The first page of the instruction said, go to Boston, turn left, go to Seattle, turn left, go to San Diego, turn left, go to Miami, turn left, and return to start. And that was eight days. Jeez. So was that, I mean, did you guys ever plan to do more of a structured rally, or why was why was that kind of left as vague as it was? Uh, well, I don't know. It, it, this, is, this is a long time ago. Remember? Sure. This is... Uh, this is back in the days that you needed an SCCA license to be on a racetrack, and the only way to get an SCCA license was to get on a racetrack. Um, you know, and, that, and they were convinced that the cars were going to um, spontaneously burst into flames if a streetcar got anywhere near the hallowed pavement, pavement. So it took a lot of effort. And the first couple of one laps were um, kind of drive around and guess Brock's mileage. And, and by the next year... Um, uh, he actually incorporated a, a couple of TSD rallies, which, for those that don't know, it's a time speed route, time speed distance, where you drive at a uh, at a cast speed until the cast changes and you change it, and the person that arrives the closest to a perfect time wins the rally. Well, uh, those are pretty boring and also open to lots of contempt and argument and craziness. And uh, but we did that for several years. And, and then he figured out he had a lot of time along the way that he could put in autocrosses or hill climbs or regularity runs <coughs> or um, scenic routes or, you know, uh, passage controls. And over time, uh, you know, that was, you know, it was fun. And by 89, he and Tolly Artunov, uh, one of the great 
personalities of the sport owned Hallett uh, Motor Racing Circuit in Tulsa. And he and Brock told the FCCA it was going to be a 1.8-mile slalom. Uh, so you got on the racetrack and you slalom amongst all these cones forever. And fastest time won. Well, unbeknownst to the SCCA, the Brock and Tully kicked all the cones down, or probably just didn't put them up. <laughs> and one lap had its first uh, time trial. And nobody died. And everybody thought that was just, that was bitching. That was fun. So the next year we had several more of those. And pretty soon, everybody liked those a lot more than the, the rallies. And the rallies went away, and we started adding laps to the, the, the time trials. You know, it started off originally as one lap. Um, and then we've, we've pretty much stabilized at three uh, for a variety of reasons. One is a time constraint, obviously, because it's hard to put 80 cars on a, on a, on a racetrack and do more than three laps. But more than importantly, our modern street tires tend to get pretty greasy after three, uh, three hot laps. So uh, that's the current format we run. There's, uh, we do a, a virtually every variety of, of automotive discipline that I can think of, um, except TSD rallies because I, they make me crazy. So, but we'll do autocross, we'll do drag racing, we'll do ovals, we'll do you know we've been to 85 road courses around the country over time, uh, and you know we try to make it as fun and as challenging as possible. Uh, we don't drive as far as we used to. In the old days, we'd be driving five, six, seven thousand miles in a week, and still trying to drive on racetracks. And we pretty much cut it down to about thirty-five hundred miles in a week, which is still challenging enough. But we sp we're spending a lot more time at the tracks. Uh, but everybody gets a hotel every night. Sure. Yeah, I think I read that one year was at ten thousand miles total. Yep. Yep, I did it. <laughs> I mean, it, it, and and the number of days varied didn't it in the past no, so that was I, I can't remember if that was eight days or ten days uh but i did it in a client consular gtp which i don't know if you're familiar with the car but oh we're very well familiar <laughs> yep adam adam is a big fan of of that car he's he's a turbo dodge uh aficionado i suppose i guess I, okay well i i have the one of the most famous turbo dodges the <laughs> i've rented one lap in 85 and uh, 95 yep it's Skip Pipes, old uh, Shane Lewis, uh, thrifty rent-a-car, um, IMSA car that I put underneath my Dodge Shelby Charger. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little wilder than mine, but... <laughs> well, maybe. I don't know. You got Alcon brakes on yours? No, no. <laughs> you got splined and uh, NASCAR sway bars? Not that I'm aware of. <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> He bought the car pre-modified, so who knows what's on there yeah, for sure. I, I learn something new every time, but I'm pretty sure that they're a more standard-styled uh, sway bar, at least. Uh, I go, well, I'm running inch and an eighth solid bars. <laughs> Jeez. So, no, I'm sorry. I take that back. The, the front one's hollow. Because I want the oversteer. Right. Anyway. So, is it, so was that car banned from competition in one lap? No, that car was not. Okay. Um, the Consolier was actually a, a brilliant car, and uh, Warren Mosler uh, actually gave a loan me one to drive in one lap, and, and I'm not going to tell you I'm the best driver in the whole world, but I am certainly the worst TSD person in the world, and my then brother-in-law, 
made me look like a genius in TSDs because he got car sick as, as soon as it happened. Um, so we did very well in the racetracks and, and incredibly poorly on the on the TSD sections. We finished very far back, but the, the car itself, because it, uh, the the rules Brock made up later, basically for the Raptor and the Intruder, which are the later models that had uh, uh, LS motors in them, uh, were profoundly ugly. <laughs> they were stupid fast. I mean, uh, absolutely brilliantly fast because they were just a, uh, a, a giant motor on a, on a pretty sophisticated chassis with this kind of paper mache body on it. So it had no weight. It went, you know, went stupid fast. And but it, it won two or three times. I can't remember, but uh, back then Michelin was the uh, primary sponsor. And uh, Brock and the Michelin guy just conspired to uh, write out the uh, uh, those ugly cars. We made a minimum of 25 cars to, to uh, be entered in one lap. And when I took it over, I I, I, I killed that rule because I, I think it's important to have every, you know, if it's got a license plate, I'm perfectly happy to come, uh, have it come. I like that attitude a lot better. <laughs> so what do you think... I mean, what's the major difference between Cannonball and One Lap of America? And that may seem like an obvious question, but what about One Lap of America legitimizes some of the kind of the speed from one point to another, I guess you might say? Actually, One Lap doesn't doesn't utilize. I mean, we we trans uh, uh, transit between points. Sure. There's no points involved. There's no time limit. There's no nothing. If, if you look over the entry letter, the, uh, the schedule for next year, I've actually entered in the average speeds if you just drove from point to point. And most of the average speeds are somewhere around 28 miles an hour, which means you could basically walk between tracks in the time that I give you. And which means that everybody's going to run highway speeds. And mm-hmm. by highway speeds, they're just going to run what they run normally. We have very few people in the modern age that aren't driving stupid because the incentive's not there. In the old days, yes. I mean, to be the first one at the next checkpoint was you know, serious bragging. And I'm not going to tell you that I was ever last to the checkpoint. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it. I mean, it. Uh, and now, in the old days, um, just the hint of cannonball was enough to um, have legions of police meet us at borders, and it happened many times. We drove into Salt Lake City once, and there had to have been 40 cops, two planes, and a helicopter. Holy cow. And I don't know who told them that we were father rapers or we were going to steal their women or whatever the fuck it was. I don't know, but it was, <laughs> it was the most impressive uh, law enforcement greeting I'd ever had. And I, again, that was the year I drove the consular. And I stopped to get gas. Whenever I'm in, about to get a ticket, I stop to get gas if I can. So I can do two things at the same time. And uh, the policeman drives up. And he said, well, that's a neat car. And I said, yeah, what you doing? I, you know, I told him. And he said, do you mind if I sit in it? Said, of course, officer, sit in it. And he gets in, and here's this tiny little cockpit of a car. And he looks, and there's a CB radio with an escort mounted on it. And then he looks behind him, and there's another escort in the rear window. <laughs> <laughs> and 
says, what are these for? And I said, officers, that's in the unlikely event that I'm speeding. <laughs> I like that answer. <laughs> and, you know, he couldn't write me for anything, but he yeah. got in his blazer and drove away at 100 miles an hour trying to find me down the highway. But, I mean, it, in the modern age, I send out uh, notices. Matter of fact, I'm just working on the uh, notice right now to all the police departments in the states we travel through. You know, just to tell them, hey, you know, this is our 35th time driving through your state. You know, we're probably going to be in brightly colored cars with decals. and But oddly enough, this is not the cannonball. Do you get any response from them when you send that stuff out? Uh, two types of response. Uh, I'll get a, a rookie that has no idea what it is and wonders what, you know, what we're doing. Sure. And then I'll get, I'll get in a lot of guys that will call up and want to laugh and giggle. Um. Or the other ones that just want to help, you know, and they'll give, you know, phone numbers if, in case we have an emergency or something like that. So, I mean, the world has changed on that deal. We, and part of it is because we're, I'm not going to, you know, stretch it and say we're responsible, but we're certainly more family friendly than we used to be. Well, absolutely. I mean, you guys have, you guys have real sponsors and it's, you know, it's very public. It's it, not like it's Cannonball a, was. It's a respected autom- automotive competition nowadays. Yeah. And, and we pretty much proved ourselves, you know, that we don't race on the highways. And, you know, it's not uncommon for me to go up to a competitor that's acting stupid along the way and remind him that uh, he probably, you know, should behave better. Sure. Uh, it reflects, you know, as Brock used to say, it reflects badly on the whole sport. You know, if you're driving like a dick, and, you know, and, and you know, you're festooned with, a, you know, 100 stickers, I mean, not only, you know, you're making the event look bad, but all you're making all the sponsors look bad, too. Yeah, absolutely. It's the, the stakes are a lot different in one lap than they were, you know, 40 years ago. Yeah, I mean, a Cannonball, you just, you know, you, nobody put decals in the car. I mean, you just, you know, it, you were just another car driving quickly down the highway. Um, and, and, but even then, if you got pulled over, the first thing the policeman would say is just the cannonball. Mm. And when, when still in these days, I don't, you know, I don't run a CD like I used to, but it, it, up until very recently when I did, uh, you know, we'd go blowing by a truck and they say, well, it must be a cannonball again. Oh, the truck drivers would say that over the CB radios? Yeah. Well, yeah, because it's all, you know, that's all part of the American myth. You know, somebody's driving fast and got decals on. He must be doing something like a cannonball. Why? I mean, is it the movie or why? Why did Cannonball become? I mean, it's it's the idea of it is almost bigger than it. I mean, it is bigger than itself. It's, oh, it is. It's I mean, mythical. It's, again, it, it you know it's it, the American West, the, the the free spirit, going fast. You've got car, you know the love America, love affair with the automobile. Um, you know, it's untethered to to sensible driving. I mean, it's everything that everybody wants when they want to get it in a car. I mean, nobody ever gets in a car and says, "Fuck, I want to drive 55." Right. Exactly. So, I guess with with that being said, um, what is your take on this push towards taking the responsibility away from the driver of cars? Because that the cannonball is the antithesis of that. Right. Well. I mean, I this that's another hour show if you want. I'll opine on that. But, <laughs> sure. Um, I've got I've got a variety of opinions about that. Surprise, surprise. Um, one is that twenty um, percent uh, of all drivers want it right now. 
because most of them can't drive, don't want to drive, and are uh, it's just one of those things they have to do every day. Another 40, 50% of the country can't drive. And we, we stack them full of airbags and tires and, you know, safety crush zones, and still we kill 40,000 people a year. Mm-hmm. And in reality, what we ought to do is take out the airbag and the on the driver's side and I put in a sharpened polished spike. <laughs> <laughs> maybe leave those Takata airbags in. Maybe that's maybe that's no, what they were up to. Well, that's our t- yeah, fine. Yeah. <laughs> if you have a bomb um, in front of you, you might drive a little bit more responsibly. Exactly. If you have a four inch spike sticking out of your steering wheel, you know, you're you really going to cut that asshole, I mean, person off. <laughs> you might put your phone down while you're driving. You might put your phone down. Exactly. Uh, but, you know, there's, there are, you know, what's that old Toyota ad? Everybody thinks they're a better than average driver. Yep. Um, it's damned. And that's, and I teach driving to the, uh, to the uh, professionals around the country. And, you know, everybody kind of gives themselves great grades when they come in about how, what a good driver they are. And, and, they, and they can't get around a, a pylon without driving into it. So, um, I mean, really, we suck as drivers. And, uh, there would be uh, a, probably a, a fairly instantaneous benefit for uh, a decrease in, in highway deaths. That said, the driving time to and from places in, in congested areas would probably triple um, because of the you know all these cars lined up one after another behind each other, and there's no there, there wouldn't be any necessary stratification or just be one mass of cars going two miles an hour. Um, the nice thing about stratification of highways is the cars that go fast clear out, the cars that go slow ideally in the right lane and you're able to fit a lot more cars in the highway so um, getting back to maybe more fun topics can you tell us a little bit about the route for one lap uh, for 2018 sure we're going to we started the tire rack in in South Bend, Indiana they've been our sponsor for I think 14 or 15 years now, and they're just wonderful people, and they provide great service, and I mean, they're just top-notch place to market tires. Um, and they, again, they've been supporting us with uh, friendship and, and, and sponsorship and, 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 and advice for all these years. We'll, on uh, Saturday, May 5th, we'll start there and do a wet skid pad. And that's really to develop numbers for the uh, tire manufacturers, you know, real-world performance on a wet skid pad. And the reason we do the wet skid pad first is so the the tires are relatively new. They're going to generate the best numbers. Uh, And that's, oddly enough, lateral G is uh, the fastest you go around, and the the highest lateral G wins and gets the most points. So, um, for those that don't know, there are some specific rules for what tires the the competitors have to buy and use. Right. Um, so they have to be purchased from Tire Rack, they have correct? From tire Rack. Uh, they have. They can't be. Uh, they have to be that year's tire, fresh, safe. Uh, people don't think that. Uh, don't know that the older the tire gets, the more brittle it becomes, yep. and not only is there a loss of performance, but there's a loss of safety. And some of our cars will be going fast enough that you really want fresh tires on them. And we do have a wear wear rating limit at 200 now. Uh, but that doesn't mean anything. The modern tires are so freaking good. It, it does, as long as you stay in your temperature range, they're all pretty. They're, they're all handled just fine. 
Uh, but we have, I think it's nine brands of tires, of which you can pick of, of, of hundreds of brands within each of those, or hundreds of models of within the, those tires brands. So there's lots of selection. Um, now we'll drive off to um, Autobahn uh, Country Club, the other side of Chicago, where we'll do a um, uh, our first uh, time trial, when it'll also act as our qualifying session. Uh, so we'll be able to better understand the, the relative speeds of the cars. Then we'll go to Gateway the next morning in uh, East St. Louis. We'll do two time trials on their little Roval. And they'll go over and do a drag strip on their world-class uh, uh, course there. And for us, it's a uh, low ET run and then a, a single elimination bracket race. Next day, we'll be at Hallett Motor Racing Circuit, the same one I mentioned earlier. Uh, a couple time trials. The next day, uh, we'll be at High Plains uh, Raceway in outside of Denver. Then the, the trek everybody is not looking forward to, down to Motorsport Ranch in Crescent, Texas, uh, near Dallas-Fort Worth, about 750 miles that day. Uh, then over to uh, NOLA, uh, New, Orleans Motorship, uh, New Orleans Motorsports Park. Uh, they have a very, very fast uh, paperclip-shaped track. I think the front straight's about a half mile long. Ooh. And um, then we're up to the National Corvette Museum Motorsports Park. Uh, and we'll not only do two time trials there, but we'll do an autocross. And we finished up the next Saturday at uh, Tire Rack for the dry skid pad. So the, the current format with Tire Rack, you guys always start and end at their facility, correct? Yes, we do. So I'm, I'm pretty sure when you call around to all these different racetracks and they realize that you're Brock Yates Jr., you probably don't have too much trouble getting all these tracks aligned and scheduled for that week. Uh, the hard part is coming up with a, a route. I mean, trying to link all the tracks together. And make it different from year to year. Right. I mean, try to add, you know, big tracks, fun tracks, uh, a variety of uh, tracks we hadn't been to for a while. And, yeah, it, it, I have to admit, it's getting harder because we've been to virtually every racetrack. I mean, I, in the in the in the Midwest, I'm missing Groton, I think, uh, and I just can't make it work. Uh, we've been to Brainerd and Road America hundreds of times, with mm -hmm. Waterford Hills, and I try to get to Michigan International uh, to run their uh, Roval again this year, uh, but for some reason. And you mentioned I shouldn't have any trouble running a racetrack. They decided they didn't like me. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I just don't understand. You're but a pretty high-profile guy for them not to like. You'd think they'd, they'd want that traffic. but I would have thought so, too, but uh, apparently not. So. <laughs> You've been out to uh, RPM, which is probably our most local track to where we are, or MAM. Are you parked in the Midlands? Yes. Yeah. 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 No, I, no, I've been, I was there. I was their number they use for their um, uh, official track length. I, uh, John Davis, who's now passed, and I came up with it and a Chrysler 300 in a odometer that measured in hundreds. Interesting. It's from so, the factory. It measures in hundreds. No, no, it was. Oh, okay. Oh. Say so that's a bizarre feature, but <laughs> no, it's. Uh, we were we were pre-running the course for the route book, and we showed up there, and it was in you know February. 
so and they say I asked if I could drive the course and they said sure go ahead so I went, we went out and I said you don't realize your track's 2.26 miles long he says we need that <laughs> <laughs> thank you for that information uh, but yeah no I was I was there uh, just as it opened when did it what year did it open I don't uh, was that 99? Okay, maybe it was. I was thinking that track had been there longer, but it's quite possible that it hasn't been. Was it, uh, I think it, I was not 99 or 2000. Yeah, that might be. It went through an ownership change, which you probably obviously know two or three years ago now, maybe. So Yeah. I've been friends with recently? Well, Jim Howe for 100 years. Uh, he used to be the manager. We uh, we actually went and spectated last time you guys were there. Uh, what oh, was that? Three years ago? Yeah, I think so. So I mean, you know, one lap's a an event you want to see if it's not far away as a car guy, and we had friends on it, so it just seemed like a natural thing for us to do. So we had a decently sized group of of guys, and we just went and watched the races. So oh, it's fun. It, it is. I mean, it, it, it's, we have no rules in one lap. I don't know if you noticed that or not. But, you know, we we don't care as long as you don't you know cause any problem. You're welcome to go pretty much wherever you want. Yeah. And uh, you know, no, it's a, we have we, everybody has fun. But no, we've uh, God, we uh, we got all crushed ourselves into the ladies' bathroom once for the tornado siren went off. <laughs> yeah. One of the things I really liked when we were there watching was it's great to see such a wild variants of cars on track because I remember we're there and we're seeing there's a Carrera GT and a Miata on the track at the same time. The same time, yeah. That that does not happen on a you know a, a right. fast Friday at May. That's not a thing no, and for that, us. And that year, I think a Honda was like in sixth place overall. Yeah. Uh, well, Andy Hollis and the, actually uh, that was the year that he ran the Cayenne. Okay. Well, okay. I think the, the first year you ran the Cayenne. So I kind of follow Hollis's endeavors pretty closely because I, I come from autocross, and, and so you kind of have to be required to be a bit of a fan of him. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, Ann and Andy are great friends of mine. I think the world of them. And yeah. Uh, we are at uh, Grissom Air Force Base a couple of years ago, actually several years ago, and Andy was in second place in the autocross. <laughs> and and Ann looks at me and says, "It's a long drive. Tell him he's got to go." Said, okay. So I go up to Andy. And I said, "Andy, your wife says you got to go." I said, "I got one more run." I said, "Andy, you've been autocrossing for six thousand years. Yeah. You go out, you make a run, and it's within a tenth of all the other runs you're going to do. That's just how good you are." Yep. She says, "Yeah." I said, "I'll bet you ten dollars right now you can't beat the time if you go out." And Guess who owes who money? <laughs> yeah, he's an amazing driver. Um, he is. He is. I mean, he's just a little machine. And, and that, it, that little he's CRX nice. he's got is just a mind blowing thing. The what he's been able to do with that car is just incredible. So, mm-hmm. I'm excited to see the Miata. Well, hopefully, hopefully the Miata makes it. It blew out a transmission the other day. Hmm. Yep. This is a new a new car to him then. He's got a so his thing is is uh, naturally aspirated is is reliable. Okay. And, and he's not no car that he has is reliable. Well, that's fair. <laughs> he's, that's fair. He's, he's sticking with that story you anyway. Get, you get up into those upper levels of naturally aspirated power, especially when you're using Hondas. 
Of course, but, you're running Ks. Yeah. So he's got a K-Sopped CRX, and then eventually he moved, yes, to uh, to a Miata. So he's got okay, a K-Miata. K-Motor, right. Oh, and, okay. Uh, I'm with you. He built, like, metal wide-body kit for the car. It just looks phenomenal. Yeah, he's got, like, 285 stuffed all around it. It's crazy. <laughs> One lap Miata, if you if you yeah. Google it. So. No, no. It, and, and the minute it rains, he's going to skate off the racetrack like, you know, <laughs> made of ice. I mean, <laughs> I mean... Cars can be overtired. I don't know oh, if anybody's told you that. Well, anyway. Not in an autocross, but for sure on a track, yes. But you so. got to have the horsepower to turn those wheels. And yeah. not only that, you have to have the brake horsepower to slow those wheels. You Absolutely. Know, you know, you see those guys out there with those uh, donked cars. Well, they've got the little tiny brakes in them. The brakes don't have the mechanical leverage to slow the car down. Yeah. And then, I mean, you you start to get into like scrub radiuses and all those strange things. I don't really truly understand, but it's certainly possible to be overtired. So, so you guys had um, a lot of the guys from Motor Trend and Roadkill on the lat. Well, they're on part of last year's route. <laughs> um, have you seen? a traffic change like on your you know your website your facebook page it, did that the add facebook some page, when they retreat when they uh when they share when they, um, share uh, yeah uh, share yep. our stuff our, our traffic went through the roof yeah and it was amazing um and actually uh the uh, entries are up a lot this year and we've got a lot of brand new people i don't know i'm sure some a lot of it has to do with road deal sure right that's what i figured Hopefully. i mean that that the roadkill thing is quite the phenomenon. Yeah. I mean, it's it's quite the freight train of of power and promotion and whatever else. So I figured, you know, once I heard that roadkill had made it to one lap, I said this is going to introduce that to a completely new audience of people. You know, that they may be car people or they may kind of tangentially be car people that kind of enjoy car stuff but don't really get into more of you know i don't know what you want to call this finer points or grassroots races, grassroots you know, slightly more obscure things and i'm like this will this should change hopefully for the the better a lot of know, things for one lap nobody's nobody's more surprised than i am on the, 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 what social media has done uh, a couple years ago my pr guy came up and said we're going to do live feeds in the racetrack I said, so he says well it'd be good for him all those people sitting in their mother's basement in their pajamas <laughs> are really going to care and he says, no, no, really. And I said, my wife is going to use it as proof of life. She's, you know, she's going to say, oh, yeah, Brock's, my husband's still alive, and she's going to shut it back off. <laughs> he's still he's still walking around, so it must be okay. Yeah, bastard. Anyway, um, <laughs> but it turned out that with Roadkill's help and, 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 and Solomon Rosenthal's uh, 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 live, live feeds, at one point we had something like 400,000 people watching us at Road America. That's insane. <laughs> I mean, I was just, I mean, I was amazed. I mean, I, uh, it never would have occurred to me that, you know, anybody but, you know, demented, strange folks that, uh, you know, the, the porn feed shut out by mistake or something <laughs> that would be watching. You, uh, I'm sure you distracted a lot of people from work that day. Apparently, I did. <laughs> I, apparently, I you know, I, I don't have any friends, so it wouldn't be it wouldn't be any, anybody I knew. It's it's honestly it's pretty amazing. I, I don't know. Have, have you gone back and watched that episode? 
Yeah, I did. Did you? Okay. It's amazing. I was amazed that car ran after two days. Yeah. I mean, the state that it was in when, when they started and the look on Tony Angelo's face when Freiberger explained to them what he had to do in two days. Oh, yeah. Well, the, uh, Tony actually is a good friend of mine. He lives in the same town here oh. in uh, PA that I do. We, we have cocktails now and then. Yeah. And it, it really a nice guy, but even he's doing the same thing to his own car in a cold garage right now. I've been watching him on Instagram. He's He was working on those days when it was zero degrees outside, trying to put that uh, 350 or something, whatever so, it was he so, was doing. So, yeah. So he's not very smart on, on, on roadkill, and he's not very smart in real life. <laughs> Still one of my favorite guys to watch. I, to, I love Tony Angelo. Oh, he's, 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 he's great. great. He, he is great. I mean, he's he's a really God. He's a much he's a much nicer person than, than, than I would have ever imagined. I mean, and and to be fair, um, the other folks, uh, Mike and, and, and Elena, yeah. are just lovely people. I mean, normally there's a we have some sort of rift uh, along the way with the television folks, you know, about that. something, and you know, I have to. You know, pull up and say, "Hey, I'm Brock Yates. I run this event." And I mean, they were—they couldn't have been nicer. I mean, professional and easy, and um, you know, it did not interfere with my life at all, and only made it better. So I, I you know, they—they're true professionals. They're welcome back, is what you're saying. Oh, of course. Yeah. I think that's a little bit of their appeal too. Is right. they—they they definitely appeal to. I, I hate to use this term, but it would be a term that TV people would use. They appeal to middle, middle America. America. Yeah, they they appeal to middle America. But, I mean, they, they really do appeal to just people that wrench on stuff in their free time. and Because that's what they do. I mean, I, if Freiberger didn't have that job, he would do that in whatever capacity he could on his own. So, I mean, and they're, and they're very good at it, too. I mean, not good at it enough to keep a Pontiac motor running, but they're, yeah, yeah, right, you know. but they're undeterrable. <laughs> Sometimes you should replace the bear- actually you should always replace the bearings. Now that I yeah. think about it, yeah. I mean, it, I mean, they, uh, Angelo's uh, beef or whatever serious beef was uh, when they were rebuilding the Pontiac. Says we've got a 350 sitting here. <laughs> yep. I mean, let's go run the event. We can have that thing in in like 20 minutes. Oh no, no, we have to have the right heads. And I mean, those guys know all the part numbers for every esoteric part that ever came out of uh, Detroit. So, I mean, they know exactly what they're doing. Unfortunately, it takes a little longer. Yeah, well, when you start on something, when you have to literally build an entire car in two days, chances are you're going to miss something. And I I think that was Tony's point is, hey, we got this motor that's kind of together. Let's use this. No, 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 no. Let's put this 400 in that we need to get all new parts for. And try to build exactly. it and put it in the car, and then you know, and and then he gets in trouble because he, in quotes, blew up the motor, which I think is hilarious <laughs> that he always gets stuck with blowing things up. <laughs> well, if Freiberger wanted, he could have driven it first, and then he could have blamed. Yeah, him, exactly. You know? But they put him Angela's in there first. The hot shoe, I yeah. Mean. yeah. The only thing I wish is that if, if Angela, when he broke it, if he had pulled into the pit lane instead of out in the middle of the racetrack, would have been helpful. Oh, did he? Did he uh, douse the racetrack? No. Oh, no, okay. But he, there's a, Memphis has a, a, the race course is, is the staging lanes, and there's a big gap in the wall where you pull in when you're done, and he rolled right past the gap, so I had to push him back in. Oh, I see. <laughs> Fair enough. So if you go back and look at the video. It's me pushing. Yeah, I'll go. Back, I'll go back and watch it. I, I do recall that now. So. But no, they're nice people. 
Yeah. yeah. No, they are pretty awesome. So I had a couple questions from Bill and Scott from Team Cornfed that I'm supposed to ask you, and I don't know. Um, I don't know the weight of these questions, so you can also just tell me that you're not going to answer them because these kind of sound like inside things I don't know anything about. But the first one was, uh, they said I need to ask you something about the doubler cone, which is D-U-B, doubler cone. Doubler cone. Uh, Herr Doubler is a chocolatier from Switzerland that's been running 22 years with us. Oh, wow. Jeez. And a lovely man. Does he actually, so he comes over from Switzerland every year to do yeah, this? Yeah, with, with uh, three cars. Jeez. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, at a, one or two racetracks, Memphis Motorsports Park uh, being the first one that he did it. I don't know if you're familiar with the track, but it's a long drag strip straightaway to a, a long looping right-hander that comes back for a series of switchback S's uh, to the sta- aforementioned staging lanes. Well, he was driving a Tahoe one year. And he needed to make up some time, so he drove straight through the S's. <laughs> and he was airborne much of the time. Um, and it was a, quite a sight to see. Uh, so we suggested that that not happen anymore. <laughs> and so, uh, henceforth, we, we put up Doobler cones, which are cones to keep Herr Doobler or anybody else who thinks it's a good idea with enough ground clearance from shortcutting the racetrack in certain places. Fair enough. Another question I have is, do you know at which angle an HHR tips over? <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> I haven't found out. Easily my favorite one lap There's, picture I've ever seen in my yeah, entire it, life. It seems like... Marcos, Marcos up on, uh, on two wheels at, at, at um, Memphis. Or that was at uh, Motorsport Ranch Crescent. I have, I have this odd soft spot for HHRs. I don't know why because they're kind of terrible, but I really, really want one. I know that, I know that it, at Nelson Ledges before they just went through the repaving, <laughs> you could drive exactly one lap without the uh, side curtains going off in a major. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Robbie pulled up a picture of it again for our people that are watching the YouTube feed, and that is hilarious. I mean... I don't know how far that is, if that's 20 degrees or what no, that is. it's, it's got to be more than that. It's pretty I far. It's, I think it's more than that. I think it's Depends close to 45. It's, yeah, Mar- it's a, Marcos is fearless. I mean, he's a very, very good driver, too. But uh, he's, you know, we're all touched, but he's especially so. Somebody on the group this week is going to draw that in and figure that out. Figure out what that angle is. Yeah. Perfect. I'm, esti- a, I'm estimating 30. 30? <laughs> that's Robbie's engine. The engineer says 30, so... I mean, I know I know that BMW will stop in the uh, high banks at Daytona. At least I did it. Um, and it won't fall over. So that's 33. <laughs> well, You're fine. The, uh, of course, every idiot light came out of the dash. Wasn't very happy. Yeah, I'm sure. Wasn't sure if it was the motor was about to explode or I was about to land on my head. So... <laughs> I have another one here. I'm supposed to ask about BKSOD. Um, <laughs> Bob Noser's school of driving. Yeah, yes, uh, and how it uh, changed the face of racing. <laughs> <laughs> these are these are direct quotes, by the way. I literally, other than the HHR, I literally had no idea what these things were. I was just told that I was supposed to ask them. <laughs> uh, Bob is a is a really nice guy that has come uh, every year for the last six years, I think. And, and stayed in the top five unless he uh, unless he broke. And uh, uh, Bob is getting better as a driver, and, and uh, uh, he started off 
with a very fast car and, and way too much courage. And now he's limited his courage and, and gotten better. But uh, he has a tongue-in-cheek school where he uh, he's teaching his co-driver and anybody else that'll listen how to drive and do not do not do anything he does. Don't <laughs> sign up for this class Don't that he sent me. Sign up for this. Uh, did he? He's got the GTR, doesn't he? Not that that narrows it down necessarily, but did he uh, win last year? No, no, he was second last year. Okay, okay, no, maybe. Oh, he broke. He broke in uh, GTR, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Robbie's he trying could, to find a picture. I couldn't even tell you. He should have won when Casey fell out, but uh, he had an issue also. That's the name of the game, though. Yep. Attrition. Keeping yep. running. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. You tweak those things, the more likely they are to fall apart. It's a balance. Yeah. And uh, um, Bob's tweak is his car pretty good. So much so that the constant joke with him is that that he has a uh, twenty five thousand dollar transmission scattered around the country, just for <laughs> just for fun. Have you no, done? Have you done any other like TSDs or gumballs or any of that stuff, or has this just kind of been your been your experience? Oh, I, I mean, I've had a checkered life with racing. I mean, I, I yes, I did. Uh, no, I never did a TSD on purpose. Uh, <laughs> never signed up for one of those. <laughs> but I, you know, I autocrossed um, uh, uh, with very, you know, I didn't do it enough to care. Uh, you know, I had a second fastest uh, time of day with my charger once in a, an autocross nearby. Uh, Weird. Uh, <laughs> sorry? Given that car, I. That's not a surprising result. Uh, it actually it used to be pretty quick. You know, now cars are much faster. But um, the um, I ran the Silver State uh, race in Nevada uh, with my uh, blind date navigator, who turned out to be my wife, uh, in the Charger. Also, averaged one hundred and fourteen point nine nine six miles an hour. Um, with a uh, with one of the only four eleven gear sets. Actually, it's a four ten gear set. In a limited slip, by the way. Was that all of fourth? Sorry? Was that all of fourth, 114? No, no. It was a five-speed, but it was... Yeah. I'm, I'm talking I'm, uh, I'm talking about the the, um, the the transaxle is a 410 gear. Right. Rather than the 387 that comes yep. in the cars. Um, with, uh, with a uh, disc uh, limited slip. But um, I was going to run the 225-mile-an-hour class until I figured out 125 was five grand for 112 miles. <laughs> I don't... Uh, the car that, would run 100... Well, it ran 142 with a GPS, but I, uh, but, uh, I wasn't able to go faster than that because of the, the rules of the contest. Also, I raced a 54 Lincoln in Mexico in the La Carrera, which was really stupid. <laughs> That's quite a race, isn't it? I did the short one across Baja. Oh, okay. Uh, isn't that the car that ran out of brakes on you? Like right after after the start, uh, yeah, <laughs> that was the car that I finished coming down the mountain in the Ensenada with no brakes. Yeah, and I had to teach myself how to do a Scandinavian flip, uh, so I didn't die. <laughs> and now, now my, now I will uh, to go back to self-driving cars. I will not get into a self-driving car until I'm told or proven that it can do a Scandinavian flick when the brakes go away. <laughs> I feel like that's a fair request. I think so, too. Elon Musk is pretty active on his Twitter account. I wonder if you just, you know, tweeted that at him if he'd, uh, if he, you know, just, just a thought. 
I know you're working on flamethrowers and other stuff, rocket ships, but if you could throw this in there for me, I'd appreciate it. <laughs> It'll be in the next air update. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I could, they could have it tomorrow for all we know. Who knows? So anyway, uh, do you guys have any other questions for Brock? I know you're you're starting to get a little close. Um, you had somewhere you needed yeah, to be. Yeah, I got to go pick our daughter so that hit the 20-degree burn for where she's riding. Oh, that's cold. It's dedication. That's her it is. <laughs> do you guys have anything then, or are you good? That's about it. So you're, you're involved in the uh, driving dynamics, right? Right. Yeah. And, and driving dynamics is primarily uh, – a course that teaches the uh, fleet drivers how to drive, and it's a—I don't know if you've ever done Street Survival or uh, one it's of the good locally here. driving courses. Uh, we actually make them do stuff with their car. You know, hit the brakes, turn the wheel. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, like every other aspect of driving, the most important element is your eyes. So everything we teach is about looking far ahead, looking to where you want to go, and. One of our clients has seen a 93% reduction in avoidable accidents based on the course. Good grief. And really what it is is a testament to just how much we fucking suck. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I think driving education is the biggest. Uh, I mean, we don't put any pride in it. We don't. I mean, our, our parents who teach us that don't know how to drive and are terrified. I mean, uh, I bought my wife a, a Dodge uh, a Bighorn pickup truck to tow the horses around with. And I made her take the course because so she could appreciate just how good the truck handles. And everybody, when they first do a slalom, are convinced the car's going to fall over. <laughs> yeah, and, I think people don't realize that you don't, like how far you can get into a car, that you'll never reach... Just driving you around on the stuff. road. Yeah, you got to be off the off the track, off the track, or off the, the uh, driving surface to hook a wheel. Yeah, you know, if you do, then it gets really exciting. But up until that point, the tires make a noise. You're having fun. Yep. And people just don't appreciate how wonderful these vehicles are nowadays. Oh, it's so much different even, than even stuff like a Dodge Ram. I mean, yeah, forty years ago. I mean, my dad's got a three-quarter ton GMC and when we first got it you know no power steering no power brakes you know it's not rack and pinion it's a manual I mean that that towing a trailer with that that's a handful you know tow it with a new pickup it's a completely different experience well I don't know did did you ever go to SDAC 10 or was it 12 that was in um, that's the Shelby Dodge Club uh, meeting it we had an autocross and um, uh Near, uh, near Baltimore and my car was broken so I drove drove down on my dually which is a still in lowered after you know it's a, uh, a dually conversion and it's a 91 I still have it <clears throat> and I decided I looked and I said oh, that's a pretty wide autocross so I entered the car and beat a third of the Shelby's <laughs> oh man so I will say it's driver yeah absolutely yep but the driver never wants to be wrong. It's always the car's fault. Right. Oh, no. I'm, <laughs> I learned a long time ago that I'm not particularly good at it. And anybody tells you they are, it just sucks more. Give them a wide berth, basically. Stay That's far it. away. <laughs> That's fair. The guy kept showing up. I'm a professional driver. Oh, yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> 
don't know who paid you, but anyway. <laughs> well, anyway, um, Brock, this was uh, this was excellent. I appreciate this very much. This was kind of a bucket list item for me. So we are very appreciative that you took the time out of your day to be on our show and. Call me anytime. You've I'm got sure. my number now. Yeah, 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 absolutely. We'll give you a buzz, or if we end up on one lap or in one lap or whatever, we'll definitely talk to you then as well. well I hope so. But, uh, come visit us. We're going to be driving right by you. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have to look at that map again and see where, you get, where all you guys are going to be and if there's a yeah. spot that we can we can pick up with you or maybe next year or who knows that you know i'm sure all of us at some point want to enter because it's a it's a big bucket list item for people that race we'd love to do it so um thank you again very this is very excellent um we're going to go ahead and sign off with you and we'll we'll follow up because we're i think we got a couple things that we're going to do um on our show to wrap up but thank you very much again okay well thank you so much for having me and uh again uh happy Monday night and uh, yeah one lap of America on the black stuff. Yeah. What's the website again? One lap of America.com or what's exactly. Okay. And all spelled out. Yep. Tire rack BRM, um, are some of your sponsors for this year. Who else did you guys have on? Uh, uh, grassroots motorsports. Grassroots motorsports. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, Bernard Richards manufacturer built really nice high end watches. Yep. But got a couple of I gotta go. aficionados here. Yep. So. We'll see you, Brock. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Cheers. Excellent. That was good. That was awesome. It was crazy. Yeah. He's, that was Brock Yates. It was Brock Yates. It was like when we did that Alex What sort of weird world do we live in? I don't know. Uh, where these people want to talk to That us. was the craziest thing is I sent him a quick message. Like I go, I'm like, well, how do I reach this guy? So I go on Facebook. I'm like, oh, Rob. Was that his personal account? Like, yeah. Everyone's like, yeah, Brock Yates Jr. And I sent him a message. Hey, you don't know me. You want to talk? Just a random guy. And he, he immediately like re- hit accept and responded. He's like, yeah, man, let's do it. Oh man, such a <laughs> friendly guy. Oh, I've dug man. a hole now. I gotta commit. <laughs> Woo! So, very friendly guy. He's very friendly. That was he's excellent. He's an excellent wow. dude. But he's like he's like Alex. He's that same personality where you just spin him up and let him go. And they well, and know. I don't. I'm sure he doesn't look at himself like he doesn't think of himself like we think of him. Right. right? No. To him, he's just another guy. He's just a guy, and he he's just, just doing his thing. You know, he's just going to pick up his is, daughter from horse right practice. I mean, he's just a guy to him. Yeah. But he's a legend. It's life. He is, yeah. he is a legend. And his there's, family. There's yeah, yeah, his whole family. Yeah. So. This is cool. For people on YouTube, Robbie brought this in. Cannonball. It's the book by his dad, Brock Yates. It's one and, of three uh, that I, well, not three of the same book, but I have three of his books. That one's autographed. I'm, I'm super pumped about that. This one's I autographed? Like, yeah, that one's signed. This book that's now missing is autographed? <laughs> <laughs> Where did it go? What happened to this book? I honestly don't remember. Oh, that's I, cool. I don't remember if I bought it oh, knowing it was man. autographed. That's kind or of for see with the forget. light. There we go. People Where'd you find it? it? I got it online, and I honestly can't remember if I knew that it was signed when I bought it. Because I, I've, I've had it for years, and I, I read it last year, and I, I was flipping through. I was like, "This is signed." So that <laughs> it really is signed. It's not just like that's what they all look like. No, right? no, it looks like it's, 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 it's quite looks, clearly not printed. Yeah, yeah, look yeah, at it. it's yeah not, that's for sure. A that's sharpie. a sharpie. Absolutely. Yep. You don't. Yeah, I'll say his other books cool. aren't signed. Jeez. Cool. So that that one turned into be like, yeah, this is cool. To this is one of my prized books. <laughs> this is my favorite book now. This is right up there. There we go. Cool stuff. Yep. Okay. Try to switch gears and be professional. Uh, should we do the opener? Do Adam's middle thing. Presented by. Presented by Factor Fabrication. There we go. Okay. So uh, a while back, this has been quite a while back now. Um, one of our petrol box uh, items was that uh, race fuel scented candle. Right? Yes, which I still have. It's like half burned. I've actually yeah. been using it. It, so it lasts a long time. My yep. girlfriend won't allow me to burn it. 
I, I burn so it I just like every once in a while I'll just grab it, and just open it up and smell because I think it smells. Like good. we said, it doesn't burn like it smells. You yeah, know I, I never mean? got so a it's chance different, to, but, but she said no. Yeah, she's not into it. But anyway, uh, one of the guys that I work with, I think it's he was, that first one, Robbie. I think that's it. One of the guys I work with, he was talking about how he had to get, or he got his apparently hippie uh, sister like some candle like patchouli or something. Patchouli. Is that? I don't it's, know. It's, what a, the, it's a hippie perfume. Yeah, it's a, apparently it's a hippie thing. I'll, yeah, that's a nice way of putting it. It's a hippie perfume. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, it's not exactly the best smelling thing in the world. So, it's actually perfume and not. He got a candle version. He got a candle got scented as such, whatever that is, and he was complaining because his truck smells of that. So hippies have all decided that this is what they're going to wear as perfume. Covers up the smell of weed really good. And yeah, there you that's go. Why, that's I why, assume. Yeah. I don't know. That's why I say hippies instead of stoners, but now I've already... <laughs> okay. It's stoners. Stoners, stoners so, love right, it. Stoners. I'm just trying to figure out what this is, but now I know. He, ex- he specifically stated hippie, so I... Whatever. This is a whole yeah. new world to me. I don't know, I don't what know how it to is. spell it. I don't even know what it is. But anyway, what I'm getting at here is is I was discussing with him the, uh, the race fuel scented candle, and I brought it into work today. Because I wanted him to smell it, right? Because yep. he was curious in it. Yep. And he was not having it. It's better than patchouli. He being not a, a car guy of any caliber. Yep. And so it, it brought to my mind, like, what sort of things do car guys like the smell of that the rest of the world just does not understand? Bondo. Bondo. It smells love well, the smell which that of candle smells strongly of. I think it smells like Bondo. Yeah, I think it smells more like Bondo than Race Fuel. Yep. Yeah, but um, I, I do enjoy the scent of Bondo. Uh, rubber for sure, because it's burned actually a rubber. terrible smell. Oh, man, it's the worst smell. You're, you're talking like burning rubber. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like when right. you go From drifting or you're at the drag, you know, the drag strip. Dude, there's there is nothing on this planet that is better than race gas being burned. While doing a burnout. That is the greatest smell on the planet. But objectively, if you're like out and about, you're hanging out in your house, something smells like burning rubber, it's a bad well, day. You panic. Right. It's like, this is a bad, something this is not a good happened, smell. Right. Yeah. But I love it. And so I didn't, like, I was trying to think, is there anything else besides those like obvious ones? Because like everybody knows rear end grease or whatever. No. Oh, that smells terrible. terrible. Yeah. Nobody likes that, but that's probably a smell that nobody realizes outside of the car world. It's just horrid. Gear gear oil just in general. That's high sulfur, isn't it? Is that why it smells like that? Yeah, sulfur Uh, sulfur stinks. I don't know if it's high. I don't know. I I thought it was something along those lines. Maybe. I I don't know. Completely off base. I'm not sure, but I don't know if there's anything else you guys can think of that I, I just I love race fuel. That's my big thing. Do you guys like the smell of E85? No, but I like the smell of a car running rich. Yeah, okay. actually, that <laughs> that V8 with no cats smell is like, like one of the best smells the of new, all time. The new 240 smell. You the mean? new yeah, that new 240 <laughs> smell. This is the way the 240s were yeah, supposed to smell. I fired yeah. it up the other day, and yeah, the whole shop smelled like it was. It smell like cheap cigarettes, and, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, it smells like cheap cigarettes too. But yeah, that's great. Yeah, I don't know what it is about that smell because I hadn't. It, but it's like it's like fuel injected V8s with no cats is a very specific smell. Not carbureted V8s. No, it's That's like because his car smells like it. My car smells like it. Yeah, the, com- like the, like the Camaro? Camaro doesn't smell like no. it. It's a weird. It's a weird it's smell. I guess yep. I've never. So I have. I'm sure, people could probably put this together, but I can't smell it. 
Like, dang, anything. this is not a topic for you to be completely no, honest. So, like, I gotta really dig my nose into that candle to get anything out. That's of probably why you space. like it, because like, finally, this sense works. <laughs> I can smell yeah, it. It's strong. It's enough. a miracle. It is really strong. It's very strong. It's very strong. Apparently, it hangs out in the nostrils for quite a while. But whatever. I would say, like, what, what's this? Oh, that's the hand cleaner. The cleaner. This is some other stuff. That, oh God, I'm gonna tip that over. This stuff probably like polishes and stuff. Yeah. Objectively, that isn't. Some yeah. of them actually. Smell that. <laughs> You'll be able to smell that. That's pretty strong. <laughs> but like, how about this? Um, oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. That's how smells. about you know this kind of reminded me of it, but uh, ether is the term I'm coming up with, but it's not really what I mean. Carb paint, th- paint thinner. Yeah, paint, yeah, yeah. paint thinner. Yeah. yeah. That's ba- basically any too. body shop smell does that for me. Like it's. I don't know if you, it's. It, I think it's because of like. I learned on the 240, like I spent an entire winter, all we did was working on the car doing body work, and then I worked at a body shop for a couple of years, and I don't know if that's like nostalgic for me, but body shop smells for sure. Just Do you think you'd that, feel that way if you still worked at a body shop today? If you went in and did no, your 40 it, hours a week at a body shop? No, because that'd just be every day. So yeah. it's, it's hard to say. Because like when I was doing the body work on the 240 this year, too, it's like I'd walk into the shop, I was like, man, it smells good smells in here. Good in here. <laughs> And then if I let the stove go all night, and then it kind of smoldered, and then this whole whole thing kind of stu- like that stinky smoke smell, that right. that sucks. You just got to be burning the right wood, Robbie. No, I just can't let it just smolder when it's just ash, because then then it, oh. then it backs up into the shop. Yeah, it kind of yeah, stinks a little bit. Then. Yeah, fair enough. It's an interesting topic that would be great for the group. There you go. If you're on the Facebook group, I'm you sure should, you guys got a bunch of somebody. Them. Somebody will have some good ones for that. Yeah, that we're not Post. thinking of. I know. I'm just kind of throwing the statue. You guys didn't have any time to think about yeah, it. We but, came up with a couple. Eh. It is what it is. Yep. Uh, don't forget to check out factorfabrication.com. Go to the Instagram page. You should definitely follow that because it's pretty rad. As we said before, Booney is a mastermind and a master craft at what he does. All right. Well, if this website had a scent, what would it smell like? Uh, rich mahogany. And leather bound books. <laughs> leather bound books. <laughs> and uh, it would smell like Ron Burgundy's. Well, maybe, no, maybe, maybe a little bit of welding. I was going to say it smells like, measures. ooh, that's probably a smell that people don't like. Because that's a very distinct smell. See, I don't. That's not a bad smell to me, anyway. But, I, guess, but like I think the most argon people, and the uh, like the yeah. burning metal smell. Yeah, yeah, I like that. People probably don't like that though. I don't Normal hate people. it, but I don't know that I like it. I like the smell of wood shavings. Depends on what wood. I think most people probably rich do, don't they? Rich mahogany. No, phrasing. <laughs> I don't know that I've ever smelled rich mahogany. You have. We'll go over to a factory. I'm sure he's got mahogany over there. Probably. You can check it out. So anyway, factorfabrication.com. Builds rad stuff. Check it out there. Uh, now we're going to move on to the news, right? Let's just roll right yeah, into it. Just going to keep rolling. So let's go through like the news. Train. First news topic is uh, GM wants to make truck beds out of carbon fiber. Robbie, have you placed your deposit? <sighs> no, because it's stupid. It's absolutely stupid. But do you know why? Because where do you want weight? Uh, in the back. In the back. Yeah. yeah. But do you know why they are... Because they can't make them out of aluminum now. They can't now. make them out of aluminum now. <laughs> you can't go back on that? No. Not with that commercial they made not about Ford. Not how much no. fun they made out of Ford. There's oh, no way they could go back. Aluminum bodies. That's aluminum. the worst idea. Dumb. If you were being attacked by a bear, <laughs> would you want an aluminum cage? That was a bear, wasn't you, it? Yeah, I something stupid All like I remember that. is them like taking that big dump loader of rocks and raising it like 10 foot in the air and dropping them. And I'm like, yeah, that's going to dent the bed. That 
dent up a steel bed. Put a Chevy under there to see what it looks like. Of course it dented the bed. If you did that to a carbon fiber bed, it'd be even worse because it would just splinter. Well, and that's the thing too, because carbon fiber you can't repair. No, you basically aluminum's hard enough. Mm -hmm. Aluminum at least is like a metal that you can replace or fix on and and do work to. Whereas carbon fiber, it just shatters. It's it's even worse than fiberglass. Stress cracks out. You you have to replace the whole thing. Really. But, yeah, I mean, people put weight in the back of their truck for for grip all the time. Like the last thing you want to do is take weight away from the back. That was the other thing I, was, I thought too. Is like make the whole make the whole front end out of carbon sure, fiber. Sure, why not? And leave Can the back have, steel. Yeah, carbon fiber body, carbon fiber roof, carbon fiber hood. Something, any like of those roof things. And stuff like that makes sense. I don't know how. If, I I don't like the idea of carbon fiber on more pedestrian, I suppose, right. vehicles. I get it with like supercars and stuff like that. And if you've got the budget to buy a supercar, you can swallow the pill when you when you break shit. But I don't want it on my daily driver. And I definitely don't want it on my work truck. Yeah. I mean, it's carbon fiber is only going to get so cheap because it's so labor intensive. Right. So, you know, it, economies of scale. I, I mean, yes, but it's like and I said, it's only going to get like, so even inexpensive. If it, even if it does get down there to like steel prices, it's still going to require. In my opinion, it would require repair or replacement more accurately a lot more often than a, like a metal hood. Like if I had a, a carbon fiber hood, I'd be worried about like hitting birds and shit. Because right now I hit a bird, I maybe have to go to the car wash, you know. But that might require replacing a hood if it's made out of carbon fiber. Yeah, you, you, dent, you dent metal, you uh, shatter carbon fiber. Right. and Really? Yeah. And I can live with a few dents in my... My work truck. Yeah, but and, when you start and, and breaking theory, and tearing things away, that's an issue. Right, and from a hood standpoint, it should be strong enough to handle quite a bit. Because I mean, it's strong. Let's not. That's ourselves. fair. Carbon fiber is that, strong, but, but like as a work platform in the back of a truck, yeah, it's, you're gonna have to have really thick carbon fiber, and it's gonna be harder to fix on and work on and replace. So, was this specific about what was gonna be carbon fiber? It really was the whole bed. The whole yeah, thing, the whole fucking the whole thing. thing, the floor of it too. That's what they're talking. That doesn't really make any well, sense. That's at what all. they implied. I guess I don't know. I, I wonder if this, this shell, all... the outside shell, because you know, I could see, I could, I could see an engineer making a leap of faith and saying, "Let's let's take the bed sides and make them carbon fiber." I could see you, somebody rationalizing that. Yeah, or like the structural part of it. And yeah, then just, but then the skin will still be. Not whatever but, but yeah still i think that they're looking i mean they're looking at the wrong thing for sure first of all uh oh, why is the truck so damn big if you're having problems with your epa yeah, fuel let's, economy let's calm down on the truck size problems let's uh let's try to downsize the truck a little bit i wonder if people actually like so if like how people buy pickup trucks is my point so if i'm gonna go out and buy a pickup truck and i'm looking at all the pickup trucks do i go buy the Ram 1500 because it has the highest towing capacity or do I buy the Ram pickup truck because I'm a Mopar guy? I think trucks more than any other vehicle. You you buy the Dodge because you're a Dodge guy. You buy the Ford because you're a Ford guy. You buy the GM because you're a GM guy. I think trucks, that is a, a larger percentage of the market than any other like section of automobiles. So what it comes down to at that point then is bragging rights, which is bullshit right so people aren't actually because okay so if you're a gm guy and you i don't really see a scenario where you're a gm guy i need to tow i can rationalize towing eight thousand pounds 
Okay, and maybe that's on the verge of being, which I don't think, I think you can tow like 10,000 pounds with a 1,500, which is fucking insane. <laughs> you shouldn't be towing that much. Like, nobody that nobody that is buying a pickup, 99% of those people should not be towing 10,000 pounds. Yeah, to I go think, back to Brock Yates' point. I think that point. there's like a, there's a level of, like, safety that the average person doesn't think about. Like, maybe maybe we shouldn't make them so good because some people go out and buy these monster campers that they can't handle. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's just, you know... The, Leave those things to the dedicated guy. I hate to be that guy, but maybe the government needs to step in and be like, hey, maybe you should have a CDL for that. Like, you know, if you... Well, that would... That was requiring a CDL would destroy the that industry. It'd be over. And the lobbyists won't. I mean, they'd have a field day. They'd right. freak out. Yeah. But anyway, my point is, if you go to the dealership, you're at the GM dealership because you want a Chevy or a GMC or whatever, I don't think you're going to leave there go to the Ford dealership because it can tow another 500 pounds, I think you're just going to buy the 2500 Right, but then when you go to coffee at the Casey's down the street and you pull up next to your buddy who just bought his F-150 Limited, you're going to start bragging about those things. I got that V6 in there, that bullshit? Yeah, that sort of thing. exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I think, yeah, relax a little bit on that. You know, I, I, Let's stop the... Uh, towing capacity war and just you know build a normal pickup truck and i think we'll be okay no, i agree it's I, just I, like, I, yeah, I think i think carbon I think we're way a, overdoing it yeah i think carbon fiber is a miracle material but we're just trying to force on everything now okay. oh, we need to we need to cut weight carbon fiber fixed it <laughs> yep done uh so like if they made a door or a tailgate out of carbon fiber when you specifically doors because they have the most amount of repetition but when you slam those things do you think that that's going to wear at carbon fiber at a higher rate than it would a metal door because they probably i would assume well metal door flexes a metal door number one it rebounds better and number two it's probably more rigid as a material isn't it carbon fiber oh yeah then carbon fiber do you think carbon fiber is more rigid yeah carbon fiber is absolutely more rigid okay carbon carbon fiber is do you think it has the shock absorbing, like, or is it just going to over time? Is that resin going to crack and lead to problems sooner than a standard door? I'm not sure how they make the doors, but yeah, no, a carbon fiber is. Well, it's, it's a ceramic, so it's actually it's it's harder and stronger. What's what's the word to use in materials? But it's, it's but it doesn't have like the elasticity that metal does. Um, it's not workable. Like there's there's like one term I'm. I'm it's totally it's not like, fragile, is it? And that's not the term you're looking for. No, there's there's a term that tip my tongue that describes it perfectly. But like, glass is stronger than metal, like like steel, but it's more. Yeah, I say it's brittle, so it shatters. Right, but I just like slamming a door because you know like if you if I go out and buy carbon fiber doors for my my. 240SX, my 350Z, whatever. Right. Chances are that that car's, I'm not driving it everywhere I go. I'm not going to put 350,000 miles on it. So the limitations of how many times you can open and close that door what, the are never going to be reached. But on a on a more standard car, do you think that could be an issue over time? Well, not necessarily because I think all of your contact points are going to have your rubber seals. And then like your latches are still going to be metal. So in theory, you should never have any carbon fiber to metal or carbon fiber to carbon fiber contact. Okay. So yeah, so really that shouldn't matter. I didn't know if like I that think slamming yeah. motion if that's gonna 
I'll, I mean, start there's, to spider web the resin and would, stuff like I that would, over time. At some point, there's metal attached so. to carbon fiber, so that energy gets transferred from the metal, whether it be the latch or the hinge, to the carbon fiber structure. Right. Yeah. His point is: Does at some point that break I mean, down after ten be, years? Could be you know, hundred thousand yeah, res- times that you've opened and closed that door, and now it's going to start to like give away. Yeah, probably. I think your resin will get yeah, your carbon fiber will last. It's a the long resin. Time, it's it's, the, it's your, more the resin. Yeah, I understand resin that, but up. but you're not going to get away from that. You can't no, not have no, it. No. So is there? I mean, I I know that they're not going to care because as long as it gets out of the warranty period, they don't want you in it anymore it should, anyway. Yeah, saying it should last that long anyways. But yeah, I mean, is that a maybe it's offset by is that a thought rust potential? Yeah, there's no rust. That's and true. It's, and it's <laughs> yeah. lighter. Think about that. So in theory, you should be slamming it. You know, not as hard because it's lighter. It's a lighter door. I think that's going to cause know. people I, I don't to know. slam it harder. Nah, you can just kind of like push it in the breeze. But Robbie, that's not how people are. Yeah, but I know they're going to because people <laughs> get in the car, my car and they're like, "That's Robbie's like, that's Robbie's like number one car etiquette pet peeve." It's not pressing all the buttons on his dash. That's no. number two. But <laughs> uh, I because had... America, for some reason, American cars, you kind of got to pull a door harder. Yep, I had a friend. for whatever reason that just seems to be a thing, and like Robbie's Toyota practically close it for you. The okay. Rav, oh man, he gets so bent out of shape when mm-hmm. you, if you is the people getting in, sit down, close the door. No, I had a friend. Okay. I had a friend, Matt. Right, he, I don't think he listens, <laughs> but we we're friends in high school and college. If he does, fuck you. No, but uh, <laughs> damn it, Matt. He's in my fantasy football league. You, <laughs> you still owe me because I got second place. Anyways, <laughs> air um, out all your dirty laundry here. You can't rebut. This is a, this is a safe place for yep. us. Um, but yeah, the RAV4, the doors were, they would basically close themselves. Like you just push them and they close. From the outside. From the outside. And After then, egress. Yeah. And then the uh, uh, the Subarus are that way too. Like those aluminum doors are so light. But then he came from like a Chevy Malibu. Yeah. No, he had a Buick LeSabre. <laughs> then he went to a Malibu. Which probably means that the door pins were bent. You know, they're yeah, like yeah. falling like off. My S10. Yeah. Wrench that. My so, S10, the hinges, the pins are a real problem and yep. they'll oval out. And GM makes their pins out of like melted down aluminum pop cans, I think. I have <sighs> I have jacked up on the bottom of a GM door to kind of lift it up yep. a little bit. <laughs> All right, yeah. now it's good again for another yep. year or two. But anyways, we'd go somewhere and then we'd get out of the car and we'd like go to, like say we're at the gas station. We'd just get out and he'd just turn around and both hands and just wham! <laughs> just slam the fucker shut and I, what are you doing? Stop. <laughs> you madman. It's not made out of lead. It's fine. It, it's it, not an American just, car. Wa- Relax. Just watch. So that's what he'd first say. That's the very first. Hey, this is this is Japanese Japanese quality. You don't need to slam it. <laughs> Where were we? Mongrel. <laughs> I think that was it. Carbon fiber bed, bad idea. Carbon fiber other places. Better idea. Better idea. Maybe. Doors. Yeah. Doors, hood, something else. Yeah. People make doors. Up next, Lexus buyers say the grill is the second most appealing feature, and no, that's, no. that's not right. And no. this is, the thing is, okay, so this is what is it? This is the drive. Scroll up. What's the actual title of this? Oops, sorry, it's, it's, I clicked it's on the it. uh, second. Does it say the people say that? Because it says buyers. Okay, so no, no, it, the manufacturer is yeah. claiming the. Oh, if you go right, back right, and right, read right. it, the manufacturer's like, well. We pulled. We pulled some people, and they actually said the grill fucking sucks. But we were thinking about it, and it doesn't. So (laughs) they think it's fine. It's like this is car manufacturers and marketing people one on one. Did you read what that woman said about? Well, first of all, she agreed that it looks good on what's this? The LC. Yeah. 
She said it looks good on this, and then the other ones are kind of like forced. They asked her, they're like, do you think it looks good? She said, I think it works better in some places. What did she say? Uh, hold on one second here. Nancy <laughs> Hubble, Lexus Communications Senior Manager. She said, I think it works in different degrees on different models, which means she fucking hates it. <laughs> she thinks it looks like shit. She's tired of this question. She's a senior communication, or what, Lexus Communications Senior Manager. She is sick of people asking this question. Because that's the first thing I think of when I think of a modern Lexus. I don't hate it. What? That looks fine. That that's one looks fine, LC. but like, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. The, so, like, the LC 500 I would completely, or whatever, that new car they have. Yeah. That's a gorgeous car. A good looking car. Yeah. I will completely agree with her that, yeah, it looks great on this car, and I think it's forced on the other ones. So, like, this is the design. Put put it on these cars. Yeah. Like, look at their SUV. It's terrible. It's so big. It's so big. If you took it off, you could crawl into the engine. <laughs> and I like, like, the big grill Audis. I loved that look. When they did the... Well, like the All Road or the RS4, that was yeah. they took out that center yep, beam. Yeah, they took cover out the center beam, and, and they it made was just it one all, big grill across the middle. Yeah, Robbie on the YouTube, you're looking for that. No, that's yep. There it is. There. That's it. Oh, so bad. Hold, hold on one second, YouTube. I don't, folks. I don't know the names of the I don't, yeah, I don't of, know. This, yeah, we'll of any Lexus right? vehicle except the, the GX460. The GS460. This one's not as bad. The one that he's pulling up right now because it's that one's kind of split. You know, so the bottom's a different yeah, color than the top. He's pulling up a different one now. And they've refined like that, it a touch yeah. over the last yeah. like, year or two. It's pretty big, though, still. It's, it's gnarly. When, it's when bad. Jalopnik had theirs, which was, it was something crazy how much that thing cost, a hundred some thousand dollars. It was awful. It looks like a design disaster. Does that not look like a, like a razor blade? Like it a, looks like Predator. It's oh, very predator. That too, that's, yeah. that's what they compare it to is predator, and I like. I don't. I definitely like it on the, the LC. The blue. The, the LC five hundred is a great looking car. Yeah, and if someone I think all, it's sick, and to completely justify it, if someone goes to me, yeah, it's fifty percent more efficient. Perfect. It's the best grill ever on the LC five hundred. Yeah, or no, if it's fifty percent more efficient, I don't care what. It, what efficient it looks like. in what? Airflow. See, I feel like that's probably increasing drag. Coefficient. I think it's increasing cooling. I think it's fifty percent more efficient at taking up the front end of the car. There's a lot of cars out there that have much smaller grill openings that cooled perfectly fine and probably yeah. have lower coefficients of drag because they're not sucking all that air. Of drag. I wonder how much of that's actually grill though. Oh, if like you got in there it. and looked at it, none of there's it. There's still a bumper in there somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, you can see that. Oh, yeah, there it is. See, I don't like that. Enhance. Enhance. <laughs> he did. He enhanced and it worked. I don't like that where they they have it's there's a bumper in there and some other shit and they just, ah, just put a grill over all of yeah, it they, and, and pretend like it's there. Yeah, they could have yeah, that's a hot have, thing no matter front, back, side. Yeah, they could they could have a, thing a blue like whatever color the car is, they could have that all the way across and have two separate grills. But that's then, how they, the old one was. Then it, then it would look like the Scion TC a little bit. I think the old one opinion. looked fine. The old, like, Lexus IS, whatever, 250 yeah, and 350 or ones. Yeah, I thought those looked fine. They it, were much better than what they have now. This is definitely not a deal breaker for me, though. Like, a lot of people are... I don't hate... I've seen that car in person. It's pretty sick. I love this car. The SUV thing is a mess. Nah, it's no. an abomination. Yeah. I don't agree. Not that we're SUV people, so... No. There is a degree. It's, it's of a that. hard sell, no but, matter what. Right? Yeah. So there's a degree of of issue there, but still, everybody's on this bent though, where all their cars have to look the same because they've had way too many Marketing, meetings with spreadsheets branding. and with graphs and shit on them, and they're like brand identification and you know market strategy. They make these stupid and, names like we're car people and we pay attention to this thing. And I, except for the LC500, I couldn't tell you a single name of a Lexus vehicle. 
Well, so maybe you guys should focus I on that to, marketing first. I used to know the ISF, I think, was the one I liked. I, I don't know Lex's names at all. That's why Lincoln's going back to uh, names. names. I yeah. almost had that on here. Yeah, that's a good it's a good move. I don't remember what the name of the new SUV is. The but Nautilus. It's a good name. They're all like kind of uh, like oceanographic. Nautical. Uh, yeah, they're all nautical. <laughs> nautical, bro. Traveling or, you know, geographical or, or there's there's a kind of a theme there. So it's like, which is fine. It's like VW golf, it's, you know, I don't know. That some of their, well, CC, CC's there. down in Passat up exclamation point. Well, some of theirs for a while were supposed to be named after like oceanic winds. Atlas. That was the thing. That's Atlas. Just that's a map. Pick something fast. Like I don't know, <clears throat> a fucking shark or a cheetah. Why does nobody have a car named Shark or Cheetah? <laughs> right. Just, well, yeah, like it's, even it's, it's a new shark, Toyota like, Shark. Like <laughs> I, I might even buy that. Like, yeah. like Mako and, and Hammerhead. That's and right. Well, that's great. Well, white the Hammerhead well, Eye Eagle Thrust <laughs> Viper. That's a pretty right, awesome yeah, name. No, that is a good name. Snakes would probably be another good one. If but, I was Lexus, they should have called that the Lexus Hammerhead because people well, would be like, "That sounds sick. Yeah. I'll have it." Dragon. I don't know. There's got to be the Lexus. Yeah. Fire spitter. I don't know. <laughs> the Black Widow. That's a good name Ooh, for a car. I like it. Yeah. Name it after like, spiders. Sounds like a good. Topic. This is the Brown Recluse. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that one doesn't work, those but are, other ones might. Those are cars for people who don't use them very often. <laughs> they're they're. Reclusive. But when you do use it, it kills you. <laughs> Immediately spins you into a ditch. Instantaneous death. Goliath Bird Eater. That'll be the big cars. <laughs> like a like a large SUV. That'll That's be what they could row. call the uh, the SUV thing because it looks like it right. might eat. Right. A bird yeah. or small children that yeah. are walking by. There you go. See, we fix we fix we fix all the marketing things and nobody calls. That's what Lexus should do is just call it the Lexus Predator LC five hundred. No, People no, you, all no, about you wouldn't be able to go to any schools. You wouldn't be able to pick your kids up. <laughs> Not sexual predators. It's the wrong kind of predator. Man. <laughs> I'm just saying. Why it's a weird name, man? It's a lot make, about you that you go straight to that. They should make I a, think of the movie and you they go to weird make places. A predator edition and have like active camo mode or something. God damn, that's a good idea. Just make a camo You're Lexus. You were a marketing genius. Didn't like even I said, know that it. nobody all we all we do is get emails about people's infotainment systems. We don't get shit about trying to fix some of the. <laughs> I laughed so hard when I read those emails. Backfired oh, so hard. So yeah. Good. For people that don't know, I'm going to Chicago Auto Show, which I should mention anyway. So that'll be a show that's coming up. But so I emailed some companies, you know, with fingers crossed, trying to be professional about how you know, like, oh, wait, you know, we. Here's a podcast and some details about what we do and demographics and reach and here's our numbers and blah 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 and all this stuff and somebody from a company I won't say <laughs> invited me to come check out their new infotainment system <laughs> in the show in the show which yeah. I'm there on media day which is fair I mean you but, were you were trying to get a press car to drive around to, Chicago yeah, and they invited you to come to your their booth and look at their specifically to look at their infotainment, their infotainment. which. I plan to do some hashtag real journalism out there. I, I want to pay specific attention to what those people think. There, I want to dis, I still want to dig into oh, this I'm more. Excited about this. There's a disconnect between the marketing people at the companies. There's not. There shouldn't say there's a disconnect between the marketing people and the journalists because I think that they're kind of on the same page. But there's a disconnect between what some people like about cars or appeals to them about cars and what that group of people talk Think. about. Yeah, cuz it's it, cuz she obviously thought I was going to write an article about the new infotainment system or some I don't I mean like what why would you why would you ask me to do that? 
I mean, in a, it's a serious that's question. that's what they're trying to push right now yeah. because that's... But maybe that's, I should take her up on it and then... Well, so what that says to me is I know the rest of our car is shit, but we've got this sweet new infotainment center that we're hoping people will like. Please, for the love of God, just come and talk about that. But ignore the rest of the car because it's shit. Yeah, that's pretty desperate, though. I mean, well, but yeah. I mean, are you surprised by that? <laughs> I mean, kind of. I, if but if she had if she had messaged me and said we have, uh, they have interesting cars. This company that or wait, yeah. do they? Mm. Maybe not. Maybe that's the problem. <laughs> Actually, no. I think I don't know that they make an interesting car at the moment. I, I realize it's vague, but I'm trying not was. to get in trouble yeah, at the same time. Yeah. Well, and, so I apologize and we want to talk about it to, later. To we want to give it all away. Right. So I apologize to everybody that thinks this is super vague, but I, maybe that's the problem. But okay, let's say if Infinity came to me and said, hey, we have the new, I don't know what it is because they got stupid alphanumeric right. Again, name, but I think it's the Q50 here. or something. Like, hey, we got the yes, G37 like, replacement. Yes, that's what it is. The Q50. If they were like, hey, dude, we got this is pretty sick. Is it? It's like 400 horsepower now. It does crazy shit and it's got arrow and stuff. Like, it's pretty cool. You want to come look at it? I'd be like, yeah, okay. Let's do that. Yeah. Not like, hey, you want to come look at our new 10 inch infotainment system? That's because nah, I'm there's good. no other redeeming quality to that car and they know it. But then, but then those, the marketing people should go back to the engineers and go, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. Wrong. You go back, you find me something interesting to sell, and then I will talk to these people about it. But this is bullshit. That's why I thought for a while about becoming a car salesman because I think I might be okay at it. Oh, I'm sure. But then I realized that no, I really you, you hate know, you, so many You things. know too much about cars. Yeah. Yeah, dude, that's the, the, the problem. problem. The problem is that the infotainment center is going to sell cars to too many people. She knows that. Because right. she can go in there and say, you're going to sit here 99% of your time. You're going to look at that board 90% of the time. I mean, you're not going to be looking at the road, but you're going to be looking yeah, at the road. Maybe we shouldn't be looking at it so damn That's much. my point. Is like, oh, we, this thing has an auto- autonomy setting, which means you'll be looking at this video screen the whole time. Yeah. Look how great it is. Yeah. The problem is that's going to sell shit now. Yeah. Which is set t- it's, it's bad. It's really bad. The only saving grace is Polaris said, uh, come come hang out at their booth. Did so. you message them or did they just <laughs> No, they us? found me. I should hit them up though because we're like in the same place. I want to yeah. go talk to them. Like, hey, yeah, dude, we're like not that there. far away. Can we come hang out sometime? Oh, that's right. Well, yeah, 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 those are made here in Iowa. Yeah. What are they going to say? I'm not going to say no. I would love a factory tour. That'd be cool. I'll go talk to them. They make they Indian that. there too. Yeah. And we love Indians. We do love Indian. Yeah. It's good. It's good brand. Anyway, that's enough of that nonsense. Morgan is making an electric three-wheeler, but for children. Not the one that you think that we're talking about. This one is for kids. It looks the same, though. It's super rad, and I'm sure... I thought they were making a full-size one. It, yeah, it's called... Well, the, they are. But this is this one specific... This story specifically is about, essentially, a Power Wheels. Oh. It's a very expensive Power Wheels, so Yes, Robbie. and that's the problem. It might be a $9,200 Power Wheel. <laughs> <laughs> See, I go into is Toys R... Is it going to be broken down as much as the rest of the Morgans? Uh, well, teach, it's electric, teach, teach. so I don't know. It'll teach the kids how to do mechanics work. <laughs> They're not going to know how to work on it. Yeah. So I go into Toys R Us, and I look at Power Wheels, and I think $350. That's They're, they're not cheap. That's kind For of a plastic that's Jeep, kind of are you kidding me? Money. And then Morgan comes out, you know, all you know, hot to Guns trot about their $9,200 Power Wheels, and I'm like, you know what? No, I'm good. That Porsche GT3 over there at Toys R Us isn't looking so bad. No. It's carbon fiber, though. 
It's made out of carbon Which fiber. Which seems like right? a really bad idea. And it's also made seems out of like really great wood idea. and leather. <laughs> well, Which yeah, also it's, it's seems a like, like a bad deal for children, but you know, you never know. I don't think I need a leather seat for my child's power wheels. Like, even if I was at this income level, I think I would double think that decision. But I think... I think you can go to Porsche and Mercedes, and they make stupid stuff like this. Yeah. Audi does. Yeah, they Audi, do. has Audi makes Audi a high has end an R8. One. You could go and buy from them. High end one though. I don't stupid yeah, stuff. Yeah, metal. I'm pretty sure I remember seeing a Ferrari that well, was just like this. So of they all of all the companies, you'd think that the one they make would be out of control. McLaren's P1 is surprisingly reasonable. It's only like four hundred dollars or five hundred dollars. Made out of plastic though. It's like a, right, yeah. But you would think it's, re, it's so it's in the it's realm of possibility. Right, like <laughs> it looks like a P1. It's being marketed to people who just bought two million dollar cars that they haven't even actually seen yet, and it's only a small percentage more than what I could have bought one for at Toys R Us. And then Morgan's coming out here with this $9,000 Power Wheels. You know what those ones are for, though? That's for, like, if somebody comes into the dealership and their son's with them that day, they make a little note. Make a little note right here. They buy a, you know, 720 or whatever. Christmas. Free. Ship that shit out to their house. That's what oh, that is. That's, yeah. that's, a, that's a sale. Yeah, that just shows right up there. at your house. Because yep. it's, hey, uh, I mean, you if know. they're charging me 500 bucks for it, it doesn't cost them more no. than no, and if somebody drops yeah, $200, maybe $275,000 on a car and they know that, that that person's got a kid, they are for sure getting one of those. Yeah. It's a good old sales trick. We were, the McLaren family would like to wish you a happy Christmas and yeah. I very much doubt that I can actually go out and buy one. The Morgan? No, the McLaren. The, the McLaren. I bet you I couldn't stroll into a, a McLaren dealership and, and buy yeah, that. You might be able to, who knows. <clears throat> Show up there with my blazer. Just pull into the, just park right up front. To be fair, they don't really need the profit from that sale, so <coughs> you could be right. But um, anyway, yeah, this is uh, it's an interesting exercise on behalf. Hey, can you get it at JC Penny? That's not the McLaren. It's a P one. Uh, I know, but that's not the official McLaren one. There is a McLaren license, like the real deal. Maybe yeah, that is, maybe that is the real deal. It's pretty know. real deal to me. It's it got the, the logo on it and everything. Well, yeah, but you can, like he was saying, you can get that Porsche one at, at Toys R Us, and they've it's got like, yeah, crazier ones. Up the, I want you to know where I am. They've got crazier ones at the dealership. But anyway, interesting exercise on behalf of Morgan. I bet they sell all of them. Oh, it's cool. It is cool, and I bet I bet people will buy it. Oh, yeah, yeah, really for sure, for sure. Too many. If nothing else, like people, there are people that collect weird shit. I mean. Yeah, because people pay too much crap money. tons of money for clapped out pedal cars. And that's basically what this will. Yeah, except I mean, this one works. It's, well, it works yeah, now. Carbon fiber too. Yeah, that's it works for now. So it won't rust out. But yeah, pe- people do collect toys. I mean, absolutely, people are going to buy this. Yeah. So hopefully they can make some money doing it. We like Morgan, and we want him to stay in business. So. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. All right, up next, Cadillac team wins the twenty-four hours of Daytona and sets a new distance record. They broke the record with. Hours to go. Do you know? I mean, because I was watching it when they were like, "Yeah, they're about to break it." And it's like, yeah, because two they, and a half so, hours left. So they had eight hundred and eight laps. So Cadillac number five specifically, eight hundred and eight laps. The record was seven sixty-two. Yeah. So they beat it by forty, more than forty. So part of the part of what played into this distance thing, I'm sure the cars are faster. Yeah. But a large percentage of it was the fact that there was only like I want to say there were four. Yellows. Oh. Whereas, like, last year there were, like, 40-some or something silly. I mean, so there is 
a significantly larger time frame of that race under green. Sure. And that obviously is going to make a huge difference in the amount of time that you can be turning laps, and therefore it's going to make a huge difference in the distance you cover. Yep, absolutely. But that being said, crazy. It is pretty crazy. The the really weird (sighs) thing is, okay, so the lap record, as it previously stood, was from 1992. So a long time ago, yeah. Yep. Realistically, um, and then they also blew through the mileage record, which was from 1982. That's a long. That's time. a I long would, time, I especially would for never cars that are much different. Yeah, you would think that they're because faster, always, more like, reliable. Yeah, that that's the big thing, the yeah. reliability factor. Because I don't, I'm pretty sure it was that time frame where a gearbox, a 15 minute gearbox change. Was something that a lot of those race teams did yep. mid race. Oh, it was just common for people to swap gearboxes. Like that was a that was a scheduled event. A gearbox change, a fifteen minute gearbox change. That's a so the fact that they were able to do that back then. I would be interested to know. Like, I, I just I wonder if that was car counts, maybe, or something like that. You know, like if there's just a significantly fewer number of cars on track, therefore. Number one, the, the time under green instead of under yellow. Right. And number two, you have less traffic. You're you're less impeded. Your your average lap times are going to be higher. I wonder, having never looked into it, I wonder sure. if that plays into it. Maybe or do you think bit. maybe you know we didn't look into what what was going on these years, but do you think it's a fluke year where um, a bunch of cars were out for mechanical failure, or there was a big crash and it wiped a whole bunch of people out, and like now you just got free track. Well, where you can just go crazy. The other thing is, this is those were the days of the unrestricted racing. You know, those, oh, sure. those were the days of the thousand horsepower Can Am cars that that probably made nearly as much downforce as they do. It's realistically possible that those cars were just as fast as what we have today. Right. Yeah. The thing is that the ones we have today would do it with half the power. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's a good point too. So anyway, and for those curious, those da- those dates are different for the records because the the course layout changed slightly. So right. um, that's how you get a different lap record from a mileage record. So yep. So you actually watched it, Robbie? Uh, I watched maybe three hours of it total. I watched. I kept flipping through channels and kept stopping on it on Saturday night. Kept bouncing back and forth between FS1 and FS2, which is super annoying. No, I, I was. It was me and Jess at home on the couch. Right, and I, I know, kept, but the race I kept, in general. I kept, kept flipping to FS1 when it was on TV, and Jess was like, are we really going to watch this? Like, yeah, look at the... Like, that's, that, well, come on. It's just, like, but then I'm like, they're literally racing. This is once a year. For 24 it's hours. It's just one, one right. time a year. <laughs> they me, started at two. They're going to end at two. Give me 10 minutes to hear, okay? Just yep. calm. I was like, no, look, look at how lit up that one is. Because like, the Audi <laughs> look was... Look at all the underglow. The, the Audi was covered in lights. It was like all up the um, the pillars and under the car. Like that was when the Audi went out. It was when I was watching at night, and then I woke up and watched a little. Or I guess no, they didn't. I watched like the last two hours of it. Maybe there's a lot of really kind of interesting things about this race. Uh, there was in the GS class, there was an all-girl team. Oh, which I think is really cool. First time that's been fielded. They were oh. in an Audi R8. Okay, nice. who whose team? Do you have I, any idea? Who knows? I only saw it in passing. I didn't actually read the story too closely. Sure. I kind of skimmed it. I don't even, and I saw the story before the race, so I have no idea where they came in. Okay. Never really saw it and, and didn't think to look into it. Uh, another thing I found was kind of interesting, um, Wayne Taylor Racing, 
uh, a favorite to win, retired. Yep. But the mm. reason they retired is because of repeated failure of the right rear tire. Like okay. Yeah, like six times. Six or seven times. And so a bunch of these class... So this race is kind of unique because there's a bunch of American classes. There's There's the prototype class. There's the GTD class, which is... GT cars, obviously, but there's also GTLM, which is Le Mans spec cars. Mm-hmm. Those cars are on Michelins. The GTDs and the prototypes are on Continentals. Guess which classes were the ones having right rear uh, blowouts? Continentals and Continental. Oh no, tires are fine. It's not. It's not the tires. And Wayne Taylor, racing, said, "I'm not putting my drivers in danger anymore. We're done." Wow. And I kind of wonder if that was like. Yeah, because like, like a protest. Yeah, they you specific- know, this is like passive aggressive protesting. He, here. he specifically said, "We are not racing for safety concerns of our drivers." Right. That is it. There's no right. He, had, he didn't even mention us like anything about the car being uns- right. like just unsafe. Well, they We're made they made a lot of in race attempts at figuring out what was going on, changing you know. camber settings, tire pressure settings, anything you can, but they kept blowing the same tire. Yep. And then Continental came Seems out. Awfully the, strange. Continental came out on Monday, I think it was, and they said that I think I can't remember exactly. Like two or three of them were punctures, and then the other three, they or the other, however many there were, like four or five left, they had those, and they were going to evaluate them to figure out what caused the failures. I think so between the prototype and GTD classes, there was something like twelve or thirteen right rear failures. Hmm. Yeah, but it, yeah, it's crazy that Wayne Taylor had so many issues, and then the other Cadillac team went on to win and break records. So it's. Yeah, it's hard to say exactly what happened, but yeah, if they're if you're not feeling safe enough to drive, it's kind of a big deal. Well, and and I think, you know, because a lot of times they say, you know, endurance racing is it's almost as much about finishing as it is about winning. Oh yeah. And so the fact that they had a car that still ran for all intents and purposes, they didn't they didn't quit because somebody balled it up in a wall or anything like that. They quit because they decided it wasn't safe anymore. To me, he did that as a as a act of protest that, against an issue that was not caused by the team itself. Right. And, and protecting its investment. Because, yeah, the last thing you want to do is crumple your million-dollar race car into the wall because yeah. of a tire failure. Yeah. So, so I'm hoping they can figure it out because the last thing you want to do is see people fight tire issues the whole freaking season. Right. Yeah, that about killed Formula 1 a couple of years ago. Yep. Right. So anything else interesting from this race? <laughs> I didn't watch any of it, I'll be honest. Uh, I feel like there was something, but now I can't think of what it was. So no, I thought it was cool. I watched a little bit. Just, yeah, I'm not going to watch 24 hours. Later. I don't have a cable plan right now. So I did my best to follow it through some, a couple of live streams here and yep. there and social media. But Do they not have it available online in website format? Uh, so there's... There's a couple of different places that do live streams from the race. Like Magnus Racing does a live stream from the race the whole time, but they're in pits. Oh, yeah. And they're kind of focused on their team. Yeah. Uh, I think you can pay for Fox Sports. I think you can pay for Fox Sports. But okay. You remember two years ago, literally the first episode we ever recorded. Yeah. Robbie was Robbie found some. Well, probably, can, there's streams of it everywhere. Right. I mean, I'm not sure that our stream was legal. 100% legal, but... If you want you to can't go that prove route, that it wasn't right? Legal. Well, you were on YouTube. I mean, yeah. What are they going to do? I don't know. You know, somebody points their webcam at their TV and hits pretends to play live. A vi- pretends to play a video game, right? Yeah. <laughs> Put it on you, Twitch. What are you going to do? You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there's, there's. I'm sure there's places, but I had a million other things going on too. So yeah, I tried my best to to keep track of it. 
Yeah, interesting. But good race. It sounds like though I'm Ford sorry. GT one two finish in one, their two finish in baby their, uh, yeah. in their category. Then so, so yeah, still, didn't BMW get completely fucked out of their uh, points or the performance balance? I don't know. I, like, I, I, I haven't that. heard it's much like, about it like, that. It did like the polar opposite swing. Like last year, the GTs got screwed, and then this year, it's like they GTs got. There's nothing they could have done wrong. It seemed, and then the uh, I think the BMWs got completely boned. Hmm. It's very possible. I don't know. And maybe I'm completely mis or misdoing it, but yeah, I think that that's what happened. Who else is in that class? Uh, so there's there's vets. Yep. There's four GTs. Yep. There's a couple of Porsches. Yep. Obviously, yep. and then there's the BMWs. Okay. And uh, I believe there's a couple of, of Mercedes Benzes. Okay. And I think there's some McLarens in there, aren't there? I didn't see much about McLarens so. this year. I can't remember. Maybe there's not any McLarens in IMSA. Okay. I'm not sure. So that's uh, a pretty heavy category as far as yeah, there's, yeah, a, there's sure. a huge variety of cars in okay. this race. Yeah. Oh, Audi's there. There's a handful of R8s. Oh, yeah, okay. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, there, there, so there's so. a lot of competition. So the other thing I found interesting, um, I'm sure it's this way every year, but it seemed to really be pushed this year. There is a huge star-studded cast of of guest drivers. Fernando Alonso was there. Yeah. I did see that. Lance yeah. Stroll, he's another Formula One racer. I mean, there's a, you know, in years past, we've had Tony Stewart's done it. Yep. Yeah, Jeff AJ Allmendinger did it this year. Yep. Uh, Jeff Gordon has done it. I mean, yeah, last year Wayne Taylor. It's interesting yep. to me that uh, that those people do that. It's cool. At that point, so. there's it's, it's got to be a little bit more fun. I would imagine, like for Jeff Gordon, we talked about that last year. It was, I bet it was well, more and, fun for him. I mean, people say like you know people rag on NASCAR drivers and stuff like that uh, real hard. We have done it ourselves, but at the end of the day, those guys are racers. Yeah, no matter where what form of motorsport they're doing they love racing and endurance racing is kind of that bucket list i gotta at least do this once oh yeah so if you have the means why not yeah that's why lemons and, and chump are so popular right exactly you know mm-hmm. it's because even at, even at our level it's such a there is something about the appeal of can you make it like yeah, can the, you physically the ability to to overcome all those odds, yeah, and and find a way to do it. Yeah, I don't know what about that is more. I mean, it's kind of stupid because it's, have, it's a lot of work. So, man. like, I have almost no interest to wheel to wheel. Yeah, except lemons. I wouldn't do it. In but how, why? Do you, why do you think that is though? Because that's going to be know, way more I, miserable. Oh, it, it, uh, objectively, it, that's going to suck. It's like it a, absolutely it's, is it's the absolutely case. a marathon versus a five k. Right. Yeah. yeah it is. And, and I don't know why, but it's just. There's something about it. Yeah, I don't know what it, it it's, is. It's the it's the con, it's it's just the fact like it, again it's why they give out medals for everyone that finishes a marathon, whereas you have to place somewhere to get a, a medal uh, in a five k. I mean it's it's finishing in itself is a huge accomplishment. Does that so appeal to you more? Well, lemons? Endurance? Does lemons oh, yeah. endurance so, uh, race? so as you as a wheel to wheel racer? Fuck yeah! So if if I said this year I'm fully funding your racing effort. Yeah, you can either do SCCA club racing, or you can do a full run of like World Endurance League WRL. But you can't do both. You get one or the other. Which one would you choose, Robbie? It's, the, it's the endurance one for sure. You're gonna, you're gonna the, run yourself down. You're gonna feel yeah. like shit. Shit's yeah. gonna break. You're yes. gonna people are gonna be getting on your nerves. You're gonna you're probably gonna get in tiffs with people on your team because yep. you're tired. You'll probably cry in public. Yeah, cry in public. I do that all the so time fun. anyway. So I mean, it's not like why I did would that, that last be, week? Why would that What's be any deal? different? It's no different. No, it, it, it's 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 
maybe it's that underdog mentality. I, I, I prefer to f- cheer for the underdogs. Like I'd, I'd rather do the harder thing. Well, and, it's and more I of an accomplishment that, to me. I think that uh, endurance racing gives the underdog a better opportunity to win. Cause like uh, our friends at team clear coat, Ian, he, he races with chump with his dad in a, in a bi-turbo Maserati, yep. which number one is, seems to be a bad decision on the outside, but the car's been surprisingly reliable for them, but they are not the fastest person in their class consistently, yet they still have been podium multiple times, and their races are oftentimes won and lost in pit lane. Yep. And so there's more to it than just going out on track and being the fastest guy there. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head right there. Literally anybody could win a lemons race. If I could show up with a million dollar effort, yep, and blow a motor twelve hours in and lose to somebody who built their car on a thousand dollar budget. Yeah, yeah. It's so that's perfectly realistic to it, that for that to happen. Yes. So it does seem to even the playing field to those that are most prepared or strategize the best, or who flat out the, the luckiest. luckiest. Yeah, yeah sure. or the luckiest. So I mean, it, it's it's a mixture of all of it. Yep. Yeah. I think that's I think that's a fair reason for its popularity. Right. And and at that level, it's cheap in air quotes. Well, and like you know everybody's I mean? like, oh, I just, it's the track time. Bullshit. Nah. Shut up. If you want <laughs> a track you're, time, you're just going to go to Sunday fun days yeah. every other weekend. If you, that's all you're in for is the track time. You're do you really want to race that shit box? Like if yeah, they're like, hey, you can, no. you, Robbie, you can have your 240 or you can have this, uh, this Grand Am that we put together <laughs> that has 80 horsepower. And is going to develop a misfire on cylinder four in hour two, and you got to deal with that bullshit for the rest of the race. Okay, now I'm a you choose a little bit more on the yeah, other yeah, side. Yeah, yeah, that's now. what I'm saying. Like nobody <laughs> wants to drive that piece of shit. Yeah. Like, hey, you want to? Hey, we right. should take our chump car out and do a track day. No, we're not doing that. Only people who take chump. There's two people who take chump cars out for track days. People who are testing and Josh Fettis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Josh Fettis is is in it for the love of the he's neon. Got, well, yeah, love, love of the game. Love of the neon. He's he's found out that front wheel dodge life is uh, the life. He's all he's all about it now. So. He's Adam's been right about this all this time. Uh, for turns some out, reason, turns out Brock Yates is on my side with this whole thing. He is. To be so fair, he I'm is. sure that that kind of like dropped him a notch or two for you, but just shot him up. Hey, he, <laughs> to I, be fair, because I didn't know. No, we had no idea. I didn't. Not know. a single clue. No, and I'm like in that. I know that that do your, world. Do your friends know? I don't in the know. group. You I, should tell them. Listen so, to this podcast. So Brock Gates Jr. Listen. Oh, it's probably going to get shared. Okay, well there you go. Okay. I, I'm probably going to share it on on oh, uh, a couple of because that's super cool. Everyone yeah, should share cool. all our stuff. Yeah, I'm super all the time. Ju- I'm super jazzed. You don't even know because like I was pretty excited for it, but he's like, "Yeah, my my Shelby Dodge." Wait, wait, wait what? You're what now? Back Excuse up me, a sir? second. This is the greatest thing I've ever learned about you. I was super jazzed. And he had the Mosler. You don't even know. Right, and I knew about Mosler. the Mosler. Well, I didn't know he was yeah. driving or co-pilot. Right, I knew about I the Mosler. About I didn't realize it was him in the Mosler. Yeah. Both, like both of them. His dad was like, hey, fuck you, kid. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, I think. well, he, so he did the, I always say the name wrong. How do you say the name? Consulier GTP? Cons, cons, say it again. Consulier. Consulier, okay. So the Consulier... I think was fine. I think when they went to the other iteration of it, the they, they car, put the LT1 like in an it. Avenger or yeah, that's when Venom or something. That's Raptor w- maybe. 
I want to say it was a Consolier or a Mosler or Raptor or something like that. So when they switched over to the uh, to the, I mean, let's be fair here. The that's LT a big one. difference going I know. from. Let's hear I'm not. I'm not, no. No. I'm not being an <laughs> asshole. I'm being serious. <laughs> going from a turbo Dodge motor to a V8 that you know, and they made like 450 horsepower. Well, so that's, like that. that's yeah, a big that's the difference. Thing, like stock for stock. Yeah. But that motor could see. I, I will still argue that the GTP with only some little changes probably could have still been the better car because you could have made that power and appears to have been semi-reliable. And I would assume that even though that's cast iron, that block still weighs less than an LT. That oh, motor package so, still yeah. weighs less. Well, the LT is cast iron too. So like That's what I mean. Oh, okay. So it's it's still going to weigh less as a four-cylinder than as that V8. Maybe not, I mean, you know, if, if you have a... An LS7 in there now. Okay, well, yeah, that's yeah, that's, those are huge, hugely different things. And I, but those are very torquey motors. Yep. The Dodge motors are, uh, even in turbo form. So, I, I mean, I think stock for stock, absolutely. The V8's probably the better choice, but I don't think it would have taken much to, to make that gap up. I don't think when they – I th- well, because when they put that motor – the turbo dodge motor that was in, part of the 80s i think that was relatively stock and then when they went to the lt1 i think they gave it to like lenient felter or something <laughs> first so it's like okay that's not <laughs> oh, insane slow down here. yeah it's like okay that's not quite you know right that difference is pretty significant at that right. point then so i could kind of see why he banned it but i do appreciate that brock Yates jr said nah we're good because it, it how long of that you know by the time he got rid of that ban you know what what was being produced at that point that somebody could have showed up with and you know dominated so you would have been chasing your tail on well i'm going to ban this i'm going to ban this i'm going to ban yeah. i am mildly surprised that someone hasn't showed up with like a like front and back two seater formula car of their own homebrew with a with a title <laughs> that they got from you know it's a kick car I registered car or whatever. as a kick yeah. car yeah, yeah. I built in my garage registered yeah. as a kick car in the state yeah. of Iowa what are you gonna do about it maybe Brock Yates would have something to say to you about that yeah when I he got the registration he'd be like uh, yeah. send me some like, pictures of this because like that was what um that was oh Jesus Christ now I can't think of his name Drag Week that S10 Larry Larson yeah that's what that truck was kind of built as because. There was some talk about like maybe actually putting some rules on the unlimited class because it was getting a little out of hand. We've got these four thousand horsepower cars running five second quarter mile passes, and yeah, and they're literally like built in garages. They're not real cars. They don't have VIN tags. They never were real cars. They're yeah. carbon fiber chassis, and they carbon. hardly look like real cars right. now. Yeah, they're pro mods. That's yeah. exactly what yep. they are. And Larry Larson was one of the guys that wanted that brought back. Right, this has gotten out of hand. Let's let's. Leave the engines unlimited, but maybe like make them run real cars. Stock pickup points and, or and something. The, nope, or nope, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. No, no, no. So he was like, fine. Here's my middle finger. Check out this S10. <laughs> so, you know, I, I'm mildly surprised that someone hasn't done a similar move in in uh, one lap. One lap. I guess we don't know for sure that the no money's one's certainly that. there. Well, okay, I suppose that's fair, but it hasn't been publicized, and I've been following one lap for. Five yeah. years semi closely. Yep. Yeah. So call him back. Ask him. <laughs> he got his phone number. He said he said, he said, he said, he said call, call anytime. Anytime. Call him and yeah. ask him. Hey, random question still. Hey, recording. real quick, we're still going here. Um <laughs> I know you're getting ready for bed, but <laughs> real quick question for you. So anyway, I yep. think that's it. That's all I got. Daytona was a good race. What else? So I'm gonna be at Chicago. If anybody wants to see anything specific, uh not related to infotainment or cup holders or anything else to do with that boring normal marketing crap let me know i'll do some video or some pictures or whatever we'll do the normal 
media coverage, but it is uh, going with Team Cornfed, doing the normal blowout. Blowout. Yep. Our sweet. Which, by the way, the <laughs> Wednesday, the, the Wednesday before Chicago Auto Show is a great time to get a hotel because nobody's staying in Chicago because there's no there's no event going on there. So you can have about any hotel room you want, and they're all really cheap. We have an 1,800-square-foot suite. <laughs> oh, it was grief. The, it was the cost of, like, a normal hotel room. That's that's 600 square feet bigger than my house. I know. It's going to be crazy. I, I looked. The, Bill sent me the thing. I was like, does that say 1,800 square feet? That's not right, is it? He's like, it's what it says. I don't know. It was, a, it was a picture of a kitchen, like a real kitchen. I was like, what is this? What is this shit? So, anyway, that'll be an interesting experience. Because wow. I bet that would be probably like a thousand dollar a oh, night hotel room sure. on like a like on a Saturday or a Friday yeah night? absolutely yeah, like, like when there's a home game for the bowl, bulls oh you, the, yeah two grand yeah yeah oh yeah 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 for sure yeah two grand no yeah. doubt so anyway it's a good time sit on the top floor it's like I don't know man it's gonna be a whole deal when I <laughs> he get needs there, a special sure. card just to get access got, to the level you got like yeah. a you got like a nine minute elevator ride just to get to your you have to, yeah. Me. You have to talk to the the valet, and he has to take you to the floor. You know, secret key codes and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm sure that's what it is. Keep separated from the riffraff, right, Robbie? Oh, you gotta stay away from the riffraff. That's what I'm saying. Uh, go to the website, check it out, tentenspodcast.com. Check out our store. We've got the uh, what? It's not called the golf shirt. It's the parody shirt. The parody <laughs> shirt because we don't want to get sued. Uh, and then we've got some other things there as well. Uh, tanks because it's coming up into being that season. I know sun's out, guys, guns out. You guys don't believe me, but I have seen I think at least three race schedules come out. Yeah, yeah. they're yeah. coming. So it is coming. It's awesome. Better get your car finished. Um, Still really disappointed in the lack of beanie sale, people. I know we're I getting out of that season. Night. I know, but I thought I know. It'd be I was, a hot I was super pumped about. It. I'm like, yeah, this is gonna go over like crazy. Yeah, I don't know that. It's just like, come a on, couple guys. of what's, what's going on, people. They can redeem themselves by getting a tank or a t-shirt. Or yeah, both. that's fine. Yeah, or both. Yeah. Or all three. Get them all. So anyway, 10tenspodcast.com, go to the store. Um, I think that's it. Follow yeah. us on Facebook. Go YouTube. to the group. Check out that. YouTube, definitely, for sure. Um, make Robbie's sure you subscribe. Robbie's put out a few extra oh, yeah. videos this week. So. Yeah, we do need to talk about that, some actually. fresh content. We're keeping the video content rolling, so Robbie's been oh, posting some up. stuff about... Uh, um, Robbie's been posting some stuff about the 240. There's a few things on there about the RX-7, you know, the vinyl... Um, Robbie talks about the vinyl, which is actually really cool. You should watch the video because he has. Oh, oh that's a that's picture of Rock Gates. Gates. <laughs> yeah. um, he talks about the. Uh, he's got a heat gun, and he shows how that vinyl just doesn't really mold very well. Yeah, and how it would compare to expensive vinyl. Yeah, I wish I had. I should have went and talked to Zion and got like a de- like just a scrap piece, piece of, of decent. Vinyl. Yeah, Avery, and been like, see, this is it, and like stretch it all out. I'm like, this is great. I should have bought this. <laughs> so, anyway, dare I say. Real journalism. It is real. That's journalism. hashtag real journalism. Well, there, yeah, it's just it's consumer. Like, he's got a value. whole clickbaity YouTube yeah. thing we, with we the, the thumbnail and the whole thing. That's the thing because it to me Chinese vinyl is one of those things where you, everyone's like, "Yeah, don't buy it." Well, why not? Well, you just don't. It's just Chinese. It's cheap. Don't buy it's anything crap. from China. But no one has any idea how it actually performs. Like very few people will give me a legitimate answer. Of, okay, why can't I have it? It looks really good. Well, watch the video and find out why you maybe don't want it. And tune in this fall to see how it... Save it, save it last. Yeah, see how, how it holds up to yeah. track days and being outside and stuff. Robbie's know. putting up his own money for you guys yeah, to I, know these things. I wanted to learn how to do it, so I did it the cheapest way. And if it sucks, we'll find out. What was the yeah. other video you did? It's not available yet. Yeah, but it'll be available when this comes out. 
No, it won't. When's it coming out next the week? Following Wednesday. Oh, oh Stager, you're not doing you're not doing not, two this week. Huh? I, I, I refuse to do two of myself in the same week. Oh, okay. So if, if you're not full of himself, yeah, I stagger I stagger it. myself. Okay. Well, it's a great reason to subscribe because they will that's get right. that video when it comes out as well. That's right. It's I think that's it. It's foreshadowing. 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 Buy more videos. Pay attention on Wednesday. <laughs> Catch you guys next week.